1: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling.
2: Many, many, Mickey,
3: You are listening to the flagship podcast with your host, Joe Lanza. The f***ing son sucks!
1: I don't know what you people see in the sun. I don't know how you people do the sun. It's it's just dirt worst. I want nothing to do with it. I'd be content never going out in the sun again. And
3: Rich Krage. This is the dumbest show. I cannot believe it. Some people pay us $10 to listen to the show live. This is what we give them we've, for 45 minutes. Been doing this for 10 years? <laughs> Why? <laughs> we bigger than ever. More people listen to us than ever.
1: Than ever. Why? <laughs>
3: and we are live on the flagship podcast i am rich he is joe joe what's happening how you doing doing well doing well taking in some corn game on my secondary tv over here so
1: i did a clap there how you doing
3: i did i did have a little clap yeah a little clap doing good yeah. you must be fired up you do the clap when you're fired up
1: i mean yeah it should uh should be a big time show Oh, hold on. Just as we get started, all right. Come here,
3: come on. All oh, right, running, eat, eat, early running. All right.
1: All right. All right. Good night. Yeah. All right. Good night. Well,
3: it's seven forty-five. Good night. Jeez.
1: Well, they got to get ready for school next week.
3: Oh, uh oh.
1: Well, see the girl. The girl came in and said good night while we while you and I were bantering. So the boy felt left out. So oh, I see I, had, see. I see. I so see. Getting ahead of the game. Getting ahead
3: night. of the game. I guess they're they don't necessarily have to go to bed right now. They're telling you that because when you're done with this dumb show. Ah, uh, they will hopefully be in bed, right?
1: Yeah, they they don't see me the rest of the night, no matter what. But they they, yeah, they just had their baths, and now they're getting no, they're getting ready for bed. We gotta get them prepared. I mean, it's not the uh, unruliness, the anarchy of summer anymore. <laughs> right, they right. they're staying up all hours. Their 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 little uh, their little fire stick remotes are taken away in their room, oh. and they they they, they got to get to sleep because you know we can't have them, you know. Being tired in the morning next week because that's going to be an utter disaster.
3: Is this uh, is the, is the boy? Is this his first run at school, or is he it's going to going to kindergarten? Damn, no preschool. Did he do preschool at all, or this is it? This is the nah. beginning. Nah,
1: listen, I would never torture these children with an extra year. of school. <laughs> it's not a chance okay <laughs> school stinks and they shouldn't have it's bad enough they got to go 13 years uh so uh, the girl the girl's smart though right uh, you know, oh my god she loves it yeah. i don't know what's wrong with well,
3: her <laughs> the, thankfully she'll she'll do better than you she won't be doing a dopey dumb podcast when she's an adult so um, two or
1: three weeks two or three weeks into summer she's she's like complaining that she's not in school and when when do i get to that's go back good to you should
3: be, that's good you need that the boy not so much. <laughs> he's:
1: Well, he don't know yet, you know: he, uh,
3: <laughs> The way you've described he, him, I don't anticipate. I don't uh, anticipate, don't, I don't don't, anticipate don't him hitting the ground running for uh, school, so
1: you, you know what he asked me the other day? A very touching moment between myself and the boy. I, uh, I brought him to uh, we, we went on our final trip of the summer to Buffalo Wild Wings our monthly our weekly trip to the Buffalo Wild Wings.
3: Have you, have and, you tried uh, the Mountain Dew Legend yet? I have not made it there for the Mountain Dew Legend. A lot of people tell me I need to do it for the uh, rich drinks, the Mountain Dew. The Buffalo Wild Wings exclusive Mountain Dew that I have yet to have. So
2: You
1: know, I see it on a little table tent. That's what they call it in the industry, rich, a table, a table tent. Table tent. Okay. All right. The, yeah. So I see it on the little table tent, but no, I have not ordered. Oh, it, you have so. not gotten the Mountain
3: Dew Legend or the Mountain Dew Legend order. Long Island, which which would not be good for you. As a man who does not drink.
1: Uh, no, they, no. They advertise that pretty hard, too, in, in the store. So uh, the boy asked me, he goes, uh, he goes, uh, Daddy? I said, yeah. He goes, you promise when you pick me up from school, we'll listen to Mad Dog Unleashed?
3: Oh, my God. What have you created?
1: And I was like, absolutely, because he—that was our routine when the girl was in school. You, know? you got this kid
3: listening to Mad Dog <laughs> Unleashed on SiriusXM.
1: Yeah, two o'clock. I put on the Mad Dog Unleashed, and and then he knew. Oh about, god! And then he knew in about an hour. That meant we had to go pick up his sister. You know, so and, and he's
3: know, gonna be I, waking up at four a.m. reading the paper on the can on the can. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so he has cigarette
3: dangling out of his mouth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I promised him I would not start the show until I pick him God. up.
3: God, how old is this kid? He's listening to Mad Dog. He's uh, five years old. Five years old listening, to, old. listening to Mad, Mad Dog <laughs> unleashed on Sirius XF. Well, you know. Well, you know. Well, you know what? I'm glad. You know, we need we need the, the next generation needs to be a, a radio generation because this this that industry is something that we you you and I both cherish and love and it needs to survive. So uh, we're, I'm glad at least one person in that generation. Uh, we'll listen to the radio when they're when they're old.
1: Yeah, it, um, a couple months back, I was watching. Uh, I forget what tournament it was on a on a Thursday afternoon, first round of some dusty PGA tournament, right? And uh, I'm like, so I say, "Boy, where you want to go out for lunch? Where do you want to go for lunch?" And he goes, uh, "He goes Buffalo Wild Wings." I said, "Oh, you want to go to Buffalo?" Wings? I said, "Why?" He goes, "So we can watch the golf." Oh. The golf.
3: This is a monster that you were creating a monster. I I don't. Uh, <laughs> there should not be another you ever.
1: <laughs> Outstanding stuff.
3: There so. should never be another you. Gotta. I, I hope he grows out of this. There there can't be two Joes running around. We can't have two Joe uh on this earth. Yeah. There, there's not enough room on this earth for two of you. So, good lord. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: fantastic.
3: You know, tell you what. <laughs> the golf. <laughs> <laughs> great was he ranting about live golf with you too? Telling you about you know does he know does he know about that yeah he's not he just he just likes watching golf on tv Nah, he don't
1: know nothing about that he just knows that you know he he saw it on tv and he figured that we can go somewhere where we could watch the golf (laughs) golf. so (laughs) now that's buffalo wild wings he knows (laughs) yeah he, same thing every time: chicken tenders and fries. I
3: was going to ask what his, uh, his his wild wings order. We, we're talking plain tenders here. Or is he putting some sauce on there? Is he getting a little plain spicy? Tenders. He's okay. very
1: simple. He gets. He's a nice yeah, fine. That's fine. That's fine. I guess the plain tenders with the fries and a, and a, you know sometimes I let him go crazy and get a sprite. Ooh. You know, so yeah. don't tell his mother. But uh, give him the Mountain Dew Legend. There, yeah. Give him
3: the Mountain Dew Legend. Let's say let's get his review.
1: He would love to get
3: boy well, drinks. <laughs> let's try to see what he thinks of the Mountain Dew Legend.
1: Yeah. But um, had a little mishap the other day, Rich. I had a little mishap. Okay. Uh, you may recall that uh, many years ago on the flagship, I told the tale of my power going out. And uh, <laughs> it was like a zombie apocalypse around here because I, 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 my laptop died. My phone died. I couldn't figure out how to get out of the house because my car was trapped in the garage and I couldn't find the emergency release to open the gr- – so I was just trapped here until the power – you know, it was like the end of the world had – had cut. And that's a classic flagship story Um that's probably long dead on some old podcast host that we
3: you don't – Yeah, I, I don't recall. Of. Yeah, that was like 2015 um, or something. I mean, that, that's a deep cut. That's an old cut for sure. So if I remember correctly, you like left the house and like walked, but you made it seem like it was some like zombie apocalypse thing when you were outside for some reason. I forget well, why I, I forget why it was such a zombie apocalypse. You would just because you're not used to like walking outside and talking to people. Is that what it was?
1: It just put me in a state of panic because you don't realize everything. There, there's a
3: there's Everything a is hooked odd... up to power. Everything is hooked up to power yeah. and internet, and you don't realize until it goes out that's that right. you have nothing to do. Like that happened uh, not that long ago for me. Either. My power went out, and I was like, "Oh, pff, that's fine. I'll just do." And then everything that I was like, ah, "I'll just do blank." I was just like, fine, ah, shit, yeah, right, that's internet. <laughs> I need the internet to do that. Like, oh, right. I, and, I, and then I just ended up, like, reading a book, and then I got bored of that because it got dark, and then I just fell asleep at, like, 7 p.m. So, yeah, it wasn't great.
1: There's an odd stillness to the world when the power's out. Sure. It's it's it's, it's just a, it's a weird thing. Your house all of a sudden feels, uh, uh, you There's know. There's just nothing little- to do. You're like, ah, the fuck is
3: stupid house like
1: you know it's a cryptic feeling when the powers it's just everything changes it's weird.
3: there's also the unknown too of how long is this going to be you know you don't you don't know if it's going to be if it's going to be solved in in 20 minutes you're like ah whatever but sometimes you know sometimes you you can tell this is going to be a long one and that's that that's worrisome because then you're you start thinking about what's in the fridge and what you got to take out it's it's not good it's it's very stressful so i get it
1: yeah, you don't want to open the fridge because you're afraid, like, you'll let all the coldness out and then your food's going to rot. Like, it's very everything you, you got to think about. Everything it's, 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 it's pretty brutal. So, anyway, people may recall that. Well, I had another related mishap the other day.
3: Okay. Was it power related? So, the, the Texas power grid didn't hold up again? No, nah, no, nah, okay. nothing yeah.
1: to do with power. Um, but uh, TLB. Uh, is yelling up the stairs. I got four games on. I'm in the middle of you know gambling and everything else.
3: The golf is on, right?
1: <laughs> might have been some, uh, I don't know. That, yeah, sure. For the purposes of the story, <laughs> the yes, golf sure. was on. So, right? yeah. yeah, so uh, she knows, uh, she's like, Joe, I need you. So I come down and and she's like, uh, don't be mad at me. I know this wasn't smart, but I put a rug in the washing machine just one rug okay okay and then she okay so here's how my house is set up so you you open the garage and from the garage you come through the door and it brings you into a little pantry slash laundry room washer dryer Food pantry, on okay. the right. Kind of
3: there. like a, it's sort of a mudroom, I guess, is what some people would call it. Some people
1: could, yeah, yeah, Everyone calls it something different. But
3: you, you we, guys, use it as a pantry and, and we a call laundry
1: it room. A pantry, but yeah, the washer dryers in there. But it's I've the in between.
3: The there's the garage. There's this in between room, and then your main house.
1: Yes, and then another door that leads into the kitchen. Right, are okay. In the house, so I've heard mudroom before. I've heard foyer. I've heard people. Oh, call Oh, foyer.
3: It yeah, room. that's. I wish I. I'd like to have a foyer in my life. That'd so, nice.
1: for the purposes of the story, I'm going to continue to call it The Pantry. The Pantry, Just for okay. so everyone understands. visually,
3: Yeah, I think most people can visualize that. One of those three, mudroom, foyer. Ooh, it sounds yeah. a little classier if it's a foyer, right? Don't you have to kind of like, you have yeah. to hang up art in a foyer, right? You can't just, you know, can't have cans of soup in a foyer. It's got to have, like, you know, nice. And the mudroom, you can kind of do whatever. It's got to have mats for your shoes. It could be whatever, but.
1: Have literal mud. Literal yeah. mud. Right, right, right. So, anyway. So what she did was she put one rug in the washing machine, right? That's very light. So when it went on the spin cycle, the washing machine's weight shifted forward. Okay. Okay. All right. Are you following me? I
3: got you. Yes. Yes. Okay.
1: So then she heard the washing machine stop and she went to go into the pantry. But because the weight of the washing machine shifted forward a few inches, when she went to open the door, which opens inward... It was hitting the washing machine Ooh, and she couldn't get into
3: okay, the room. Okay, okay. So that had to move a lot. Did it have to move a lot, or is it like a pretty tight? It's a pretty tight. It's, it's tight right now. It doesn't. It didn't need to move more than a couple inches to cause this problem. If
1: it moves two inches, you can't open. Okay,
3: anymore. got it. Got it. maybe a flaw. Maybe something to think about for the future. But that's all right.
1: So, oh, well, I don't have a palatial estate like you do. So I, I only <laughs> oh my have God! So much your house is so
3: much with. bigger than mine. Shut up! Your <laughs> hu- i don't have one floor. I don't even—it's a ranch house. I don't even have a basement. I certainly don't have a den. Get out of here!
1: You know, so, so, uh state So we can't get in the room. A so, detached so,
3: garage, sir. This would never happen to me because I have a detached garage.
1: Right. Well, well, there you go. So I said, all right. Well, she's like. So we have to go in through the garage, right? And then just move the washing machine. But here's the problem. The garage is obviously closed. Mm -hmm. Okay. The only automatic garage door opener that we have is in the car that's already Uh, in the garage. Oh, boy. That's parked in the garage.
3: You don't have two of these things? You got to have two.
1: No, well, one of them broke. (laughs) So we only have one well. and that one happened to be in the garage because obviously the one the car that has it parks in the garage because they have the garage door opener. The other person parts in the driveway and comes in through the front door. So here's the other problem. You might be thinking, Rich, all right, well, garage door openers have the keypad on the outside of the house where you have
3: a code, right? Well I wouldn't no, I wouldn't know. That's that sounds like palatial estate stuff. So no, I don't have that.
1: Ah, uh, well, you know, gated community things. I don't know what to tell you. So, you know, so they have these keypads that you know you have a little passcode and mm-hmm. it opens up your garage. My keypad doesn't work, so now <laughs> it sounds like can't... a lot
3: of you problems right now, man. You got to get this keypad fixed and this get a second There's... one. Get a second one of these things.
1: This morphs into a very. Joe a story in a few moments, my friends. So if you, if you, we're not even half the way. So to just JoLann things again. breaking. Joe doesn't so, fix them.
3: Classic Joe, just like ah, whatever. Ah, we're not going to need it. It's never going to be a problem, right? We're kind of throwing these off to the side. Who cares? I don't know how to fix it, so we're just not going to do it. Is is what I'm hearing.
1: We'll never need that to work. <laughs> right. Flash forward two years, so we can't get in through the kitchen because the door is hitting the washing machine. Right. We can,
3: and there's no room to reach a hand in to push the washing machine well, back gonna, or anything like well, that.
1: We're getting to that. Okay. Okay. So we can't get in through the garage because the garage door opener is in the garage and the keypad doesn't work. There's no other door or window to the garage. So that's out. So we have to figure out. How to get in this fucking room? And
3: and okay. you can't open the garage manually because like mine, the power of my right now, my garage doesn't have any power in it. Right now, we have to get the power redone and all that sort of shit that's happening eventually. I gotta dig holes. I gotta dig a lot of holes. I gotta dig trenches all across my house over the next couple of weeks uh, so they can rerun lines to the garage. But I'm able to right now open the garage manually. I just have to pull up on the garage door or just like kind of slide it up and slide it down, and it'll go up and down. You you tried that? Not happening.
1: The problem with an electric garage door opener is that it doesn't work unless you release an emergency switch inside the garage. Right,
3: right, right. And I was able to obviously get in the garage and, and pull that. So, yes, the, the emergency yeah. thing is, 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 is stuck.
1: I obviously can't get to it because right, I can't right. get in the garage. And, and if it was as easy as just pulling it open, everyone would just rob each other's houses. So, well,
3: yeah, well, <laughs> yes,
1: you've got to. <laughs> You've got to hit, you got to pull that little release. That was the, remember the original power out story? I had to fumble around in my dark garage to find the release. And that's how I finally escaped my house. So, anyway, so we can't get in the garage, can't get in the other door. All right, we got to figure out a way to push this washing machine back a couple of inches so that we could open this door and solve this problem. Okay. Problem is, we only have about two or three inches of open door space to work with. All right. We can only fit our arms into that open space to about our elbows, and it doesn't reach the back of the washing.
3: Well, what about one of these little kids? you can't slide a little kid in this door.
1: You know, I real think it's
3: squeezed it, into this door. Well, or no, it
1: wasn't. It wasn't open enough to squeeze a kid through. Okay,
3: me. okay. So did, did, was that considered at least? Well,
1: uh, there was. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll get to that. Okay, so, okay, okay. Um, we're, we're jumping too far ahead. There sorry, was sorry, a kid, sorry, sorry. There was a kid element to this. Good, that comes great. Into play. I'm glad. So, so uh.
3: We will talk wrestling eventually. Don't worry.
1: So we need some kind of stick or device to help push the washing machine. The problem is every broom and mop and, and anything like that in is the pantry, in, the in the garage or in the, or the pantry. pantry.
3: Yeah, not good. Yeah, it's not like you had uh, access to it. To, yeah, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, would be.
1: We don't have anything. Right. That's uh, the, the two. The places we keep all that stuff are are, are, are where we can't get to. So this is just. A mess and I can't figure out what to do here in this scenario okay then finally I pry open the door enough to where I can get past my elbow and push the washing machine a little here's the problem because I can only get to like the extreme right side of the machine as I push it it turns the machine into the door from the front I don't know if this is making sense and then it's closing the door even further bottom line is this thing cannot be pushed okay so I think about it, and I'm like, wait a minute. There's a window in the pantry. Go outside, obviously, climb up on the ladder, look.
3: Uh, and there look you go, because there's some, somebody in, our, in the Neuro's chat room said, doesn't a foyer have to have a window? Well, maybe, Joe, you have a foyer then.
1: Now, it's a tiny, tiny window, but I could slip a kid through there.
3: So, Oh, okay, up. okay. So you just got to open this window a little bit, slide a kid in, and, and we're, we're off to business here.
1: Yeah, if I get this window open, I can throw a kid in there, And then hopefully the kid is strong enough to push the washing machine a couple inches so we can get the door open, right? Problem is, the window's locked. Mm. So that's a big problem, too. So now I'm (laughs) thinking, all right, I have to break something. I either have to somehow... Break this door. And if yeah, breaks this door down, can...
3: <laughs> break the door down immediately. Yeah. But uh, well, if anyone's I didn't it, offer can... that suggestion because I can understand a Joe Lanza, that door's never getting replaced then. <laughs> Much like the, the keypad and the other garage door opener, you're just not having a door between your, your pantry and your house then. Because Joe Lanza ain't putting hinges onto a, a, a door frame. I can tell you. That. I'll call
1: a guy. I'll call a guy. But
3: the problem is that's an extreme. Thinking... That's an extreme, by the way. To, to, to start axing through a, a door, that's that's next oh. level.
1: I don't have many tools, and any tool I have is in the garage. So that's not even really an option. And and the hinges, if anyone's thinking, oh, just remove the hinge pins, the door turns inward, the Mm -hmm. hinges are on the other side. I can't even get to the hinges. Okay? So, it's gotta be this window. I gotta somehow unlock it, but that's further back than the washing machine. So I finally think of something in the house that's long enough to potentially push the washing machine or get to the window. Otherwise... I got to break the window. And once I said that, TLB said, you are not putting my child through a broken window.
3: (laughs) That's fair. That's fair.
1: And I said, what? They could just put shoes on and and we'll fucking long sleeves and we'll put them through the window.
3: You know? I think I would break the door before I'd break the window, but.
1: So anyway, I finally was walking around the house. She's panicking. You know why she's panicking? Her weed is in the garage. Oh,
3: uh uh-oh, uh-oh. Oh yeah, she, she's you know. starting so, to get the itches. She's starting to get anxious.
1: See, right now I'm just burying her because she gave me a hard time through this whole ordeal. <laughs> so, so I finally, I'm looking around the house and find a stick-like device. Rich,
3: stick-like device. Okay, uh, a, a a a Singapore cane. You are a wrestling uh, fan. And there's always Singapore, the Singapore canes Singapore nearby. Yeah. Uh, not a Singapore. Oh, just just as I do uh, that, I put my random wrestling thing on. And here comes just incredible. He's got a Singapore cane. That's all you needed right there. So this
1: stick-like device, and the only item I had in the house that was long enough to kind of reach into this room, was a spreader bar. Yes, a fetish sex toy spreader bar. Was, I don't think uh, I know what
3: that is, but let me
1: You know what it is, you dog you.
3: Spreader uh, bar. Well interestingly enough, Chastity you, is out here with Just Incredible. So that the perfect timing here on this show. Yeah, so, it's the October 9th, 1998 ECW. Just Incredible, the most handsome man in the world, Jason and uh and Chastity out. So that okay, let's see what a spreader so bar is. Yeah, oh, playing, okay I see what this is. No, I oh get out of here. Like I know well, what this is.
1: Well, I mean, you know it.
3: it you okay, know. all right.
1: All right. Well, it hey, does what it's you. called. Hey, good for Rich. you,
3: good for you, sir. It, it does uh, what I can't it's imagine called. needing this uh, device, but uh, congratulations to you. and Well, uh, I needed TLB. it to get into
1: this pantry. Uh, that, <laughs> you know. So it does what it's called. Rich is the point here. So, uh,
3: yeah, I'm looking at it. it. Seems it's it's not as salacious as I. I mean, uh, okay, all right. So a few different like, ways is, to use it. It looks like. That's,
1: so I'm like, this is long enough. This is like three feet long, and this is perfect, right? So <laughs> how I h- how, down...
3: how tough is this? now? Like, what are we? Like, what's the it's steel? Made, like, what kind yeah, of? It's
1: like steel. It's okay. made of metal. It's got loops on it for padlocks. It's tremendous. So it. So I come. <laughs> oh, I come trotting downstairs with this <laughs> thing. God, we
3: don't have advertisers this week.
1: I come trotting downstairs with this thing with a big <laughs> smile on my face, like like I finally figured this out, and TLB is horrified. She's, like, covering children's eyes. She's like – I'm like, they don't know. So I tell them it's a curtain rod. Yeah, well, they know. They don't know the difference. Right? Uh, looking so at I... a
3: picture of it right now, it definitely looks like a curtain rod. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would not gonna... be – yeah, I mean, I, I think most – if you showed me one of these, I don't know. If, if like, you just started walking around with... – well, I guess not you. If a normal human being just walked around with one of these things, I don't know what I would – do I don't mean, think I would me? think. Well, I mean, I would, I would kind of assume it's something – so you, you're, you have like one hammer in this entire house, and probably double the amount of, triple, quadruple the amount of sex toys that you do actual toys or tools. So I'm not super surprised by.
1: It. So I'm like, look, TLB, if you want this problem solved, well, some I of these are a
3: little like, bit more salacious than others. Who this one's got like. I'm
1: like, just... I'm like, this is the only, this okay. is the only thing we have in the house that can get this done. So you're just gonna have to look. So I try pushing the washer with the spreader bar. The problem is, it keeps. Again, I can't get enough leverage. It's turning the washer into the door, and then the light bulb goes off over my head. The spreader bar has loops on the end for the padlocks, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it can reach the window. I can unlock the window.
3: Oh, loop the thing the around spreader. the lock and lock it back. Yeah, okay, just,
1: all right, all right, yeah. I'm feeling like MacGyver. I was, got, I was just about
3: to say, you got the inner MacGyver. You, were you a MacGyver guy? I love MacGyver.
1: he used to come on before Monday Night Football when I was... Uh, like in the late 80s yeah so you'd always see like the last 10 minutes of it um it'd be Alf, and then macgyver and then monday night football <laughs> so i so i take a couple practice runs with the kitchen window you know so i see can it, so i'm i'm catching that loop
3: yeah you get lock. enough leverage you have enough to your last zone you're a real texan over there yeah lasso in this lock yeah
1: so I'm um, pra- doing practice. That's she'll be all
3: hot and you know if she had her weed. She'd be all nice and body. you know really like whoa wow. She's
1: like she's like this is gonna work. I'm like I know. So I'm looping the locks on the kitchen window, getting a lot of practice in. I'm like okay, I got my practice runs in. Let's go do this. So I go I, I put I put the the bar the spreader bar through the, the crack in the door. Now the window has blinds in front of it, so I have to push the blinds open with the bar well, to see get some light. If you let some fucking
3: locks. sunlight in your house, this wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, so my house is not gonna unlock it. They're all their blinds are all up and open. I have been no problem over here. You know what though? You
1: wouldn't have a spreader bar, and you'd really be. That's fucked true. Up. I'd be fucked. <laughs> That's true.
3: I so certainly not have a spreader bar. Good point. Good point. So maybe I, I should get. Maybe my... I should get one. I'll ask the nurse if she can. Yeah. Pick me up one. On there the way you home. go. On the way there home from go. uh, she's she's out right now, but I'll tell her on the way home if she can grab one in for something like this. You know, you never know.
1: She might enjoy that sort of thing. So I have to open up the like get between the blinds with the spreader bar. And the spreader bar gets tangled in the blinds. And now it's stuck oh, no. in the blinds. By the way, TLB... I, I heard just, a
3: door it, open. I heard a
1: door open. She just walked in the room. She's so
3: horrified that you're telling you know, thousands of people this story. Now, she just so.
1: walked in the room, instantly knew the story I was telling, and just covered her mouth and proceeded to walk into the, the, into the uh, master bathroom here. So anyway, the spreader bar now gets tangled in the blinds and now not only can i not get into this uh uh, pantry i now have a sex toy dangling from my window so if that's not the most joel anza scenario you've ever heard (laughs) and now it's like tlb can't call like her father or her brother to come help because there is a sex toy dangling from the
3: window now now do you think that they would know what that is I mean, am I just so much of a a, a, a simple prude that I I would because I like again I'm looking at pictures of this I wouldn't really know what this is exactly if you well, didn't find it out, but I guess they know I mean, tools and they know that ain't no damn tools so that's well
1: really they're gonna see this very this dangling on-looking.
3: participle and say hey Joe what is this.
1: Right, and, and then not you gonna have to me make when up I, something. Well, when I, when I say that's a curtain rod, they're not going to believe <laughs>
3: they, me. Yeah, these men—that's so, true. They're not like you. They actually know things, and they know tools, and they know what you know household things look like. So,
1: right, that's true. Yeah, and, you can't say
3: no, that's a curtain rod. They would say, "I ain't never seen a curtain rod that looks like that." Get the fuck out of here.
1: <laughs> and here's the thing: like, they might just know what it is. Like, I'm not the only person who has sex, Rich. Yes, so, yeah, of course, like, yeah they they might know what this thing is so she's like now i can't even have my brother or my father come over here now she's real agitated because now there's a sex toy hanging from the blinds um so
3: yeah you've they- got even even if you call a guy you then have to you know that you either that guy asks and then you got to talk to the guy like if say you're you're too right. embarrassed now to have the, the the father or a brother come now you have Garage door repair man guy Or, or door Is there a door guy? Is there door guys? Can you call well, a door okay. guy? Well, okay Well, I'm glad
1: you said that Because now It's like 10 o'clock at night And I'm like Look, we gotta reconvene In the morning Because I'm I'm, at a, I'm out of spreader bars I, I am out of ideas And I need to just call A guy But I don't even know What kind of guy You call for this problem I
3: would say for what? you Initially you need a garage door I, There's no I don't think there's a door guy I, I think like I mean, maybe a general contractor could help you with the door. I think you got to go garage door guy. Is who you had to call here. You
1: got to call garage door opener guy. I don't, I don't even know that was a guy. Oh, it's a so, guy.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Well, who so, installs garage doors? <laughs> of course, garage door guys. So,
1: like, all right, I'll, I'll, you know. Now, here's the thing. I always make TLB make all the phone calls because I don't like talking to people, and she's like, "I'm not doing it this time. You need to make the phone call in the morning." So I have to hunt down who to call for this shit. Um and, and and I don't even know what kind of guy this is, so I figured. Uh, but it ended up getting solved without calling anybody. So it, it, we ended up getting the garage open, but don't ask me how.
3: No, I – oh, come on. Don't ask me how? Come on.
1: <sighs> well, as it turns is out – Is sex
3: toy related or what?
1: The garage door keypad just needed a new battery. So
3: <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> and that never crossed your mind.
1: Uh, not until the no, how, next okay. day.
3: Can, can, can I get a timeline? When did you realize the door was stuck? Um... Because this is the next morning then, so a, a night has passed.
1: A, a night has passed, yeah. And then, uh, the next day, TLB said, Hey, um, what? why doesn't the keypad work? <laughs> and, and I said, <laughs> a oh, good well... Good question.
3: A great question. I
1: said, well, I don't know, it just stopped working one day. And she goes... <laughs> How does it, is it, is it, is it electric? Is it battery? How, I'm like, I think I, I said, I don't, I'm really not sure. I think maybe it's, so I went out and checked and there was a nine volt battery in it. And I said, well, I said, just bring home a nine volt battery. And she did. And we popped it in and then the door opened right up. This was some 24 hours later. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. So that's how we got it. Over.
3: That's well, Hey, you know, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you didn't go to. The extreme of tearing the door down, shoving a kid through a broken window, like greasing up a kid and shoving them through a broken window. Uh, that those were extreme measures. I'm glad you. I'm glad you gave up before you went to the extreme measures. I think that's also a very Joe Lanza thing to do. Yeah, I mean the. Comp- you know, because a lot of people would just say like, "Fuck it, this door's got to come down." <laughs> just you know, run into right. the door and just yank it off the hinges or something like that, or just rip it off. Or you know, uh, you know what, you could, you maybe could have taken the doorknob off too, type of thing, maybe, and then then slide something that way. That could have been a potential uh, method, maybe a little bit easier. But yeah, I feel like most people would have gone to right, like take the door down, just rip the door off or break the window, get in, and and, and handle it that way. Yeah, I mean, it totally would have well, been. some more people might have also but, just said, "Hey, maybe the battery, <laughs> keep adding a new battery." So,
1: if I had wrapped a towel around my elbow and broke the window open like Goldberg on Nitro, and then it was just the battery,
3: <laughs> that would be that really top, would have yeah.
1: completed the story. Um, Worse yet, then yeah. you'd have to call it's, the guy
3: uh, and then have to explain to the guy what happened, and he, yeah, you know, then then you'd have to leave out part of the story that the guy would not know. You know why? Why did why did you have to break this window? What yeah. happened? You would have to make up some. You can just say somebody threw a ball through it or something like that. One of these dopey kids broke it or something like that. You know, I guess you don't have to explain too much. So,
1: yeah. Well, the moral of the story is we're now able to gain access to the, uh, the pantry area, the uh, the mudroom, the foyer, the garage door. <laughs> the garage door keypad is now operational, so uh, uh, we're good to go there. Got a fresh new password. A, a
3: six dollar nine volt battery is all it took. Yeah.
1: If if I could describe to you the look that TLB gave me when I punched in that punch code with the fresh battery, and then the door went Burn. started opening up.
3: <laughs> well, she went. She went what twenty four hours without the uh, the devil's lettuce.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, a pretty a lot tough of one stress. for her, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, she can go. Dad. Yeah, I just <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had to find can't. a. I had to find a way to bury her a little with the story, so yeah, I, that's yeah. why I, I tossed that in oh, there. okay, okay, I see, I see. Um, You know, it, it really was locked in there, and she really wasn't too pleased about it, but, um, you know. So, yeah, that's, you know, it got that keypad all fixed up, and, uh, now, and now we got in. So, it was a $2.9-volt uh, a battery that, that that solved the problem, Rich. <laughs> so, there you go.
3: Oh my god that that is a perfect Lanza story there. just perfect it, it, it hits all the right beats. the sex toy, the inability to do anything household related. Um, that's perfect. yeah, just I, letting things I, break without fixing them. so
1: I feel like the spreader bar was very creative i I you have to at least hand it to me on that count that who else would have thought of something like that? I mean.
3: Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> else if if gets...
1: I if I hadn't
3: got tangled in the blinds, <laughs> you would have done uh, it. Yeah, I, I feel I, I could feel it in your voice that you wanted, you wanted that to be the solution. Absolutely, you really did. I mean, even like you had it hard, it, like because I especially the practicing, that's awesome. Yeah, no, that that's that's you know practicing, I, knowing how to do it, that sort of stuff. You, that, you
1: know what it felt like? It felt like a carnival game, and I had to get the hang of it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like you got to throw the ball in the peach basket or you got to knock down the fucking pins with the fucking, you know, like there's always a trick to the carnival games. And it might cost you a few bucks of trial and error to figure out how to beat the game. That's what I was doing with the spreader bar with the kitchen window. I was practicing uh, perfecting the loop over the lock and right, knowing right. how much torque I needed to pull it open. Again, very a very
3: lasso-y. This this is the most Texas you've ever yeah. been, I'd say. This this is good. I, I, I forget if I told the story on the podcast before, but I was at my buddy's uh wedding and or it was like a wedding party. It was like before the wedding or whatever. Uh, and he was marrying a girl from Texas, and her dad was there, and that sort of stuff. So there's this. They were staying in this one house. It was like because it was like a, a destination wedding type thing, or not not exactly destination. It wasn't in their hometown. Uh, it was it was close enough. I don't know if you call it a de- is an hour away a destination wedding. I don't think so. I'm not gonna call it a nah. destination wedding. Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, so there's a TV there, and they're trying to play like you know a slideshow of all this you know. The stuff going on, and you know, they're the, the first, you know, the times they met each other, and they, you know, the dopey wedding video yeah. thing that plays or whatever. So, um, there's we have like a we're, we're trying to do something, so they have me, I'm always like the tech guy, like they always come to me and they're like, Hey, uh, do this for me, <laughs> hey, this is you know, and so I got put as the tech guy, so I have to find a way to get this fucking USB drive into this uh, a uh, uh, TV or whatever. So, eventually, I, I get on a, like a ladder, I stand on a chair or whatever. And I get this USB drive into one of the USB area and, and like whatever one I plug it into is not working. And we find out that the one that we have to plug it into, there's like this, there's a USB drive in one of these other ones. It's hard to explain exactly what it was. Whatever. Regardless of, I'm sitting here trying to reach to get this thing. I can't quite get it. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get whatever I can to to grab this fucking USB drive and and, and see whatever. And then her dad comes over and says in, like, a great... Because he's a very nice Texas man, but he just said, "Ah hell, get out of the way. And he made me Mm. get out of the way. He grabbed a wire. He grabbed, like, a a HDMI cord and in, like, ten seconds made a fucking lasso out of this HDMI cord. Threw the thing up, got around the USB drive, and popped it out of the TV. It was the most incredible thing I have ever seen in my life.
1: You've never felt like less of a man. (laughs) I was
3: like, oh, my God. Like...
2: Yeah.
3: I was spending doing like, and I, I straight up went to the, I went to the, the you know, the, the future Brian Grant. I was just like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's done. It's not going to happen. <laughs> like, there's no way to get it. I can't get it out. I can't get it back in. It's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. Like, I, I'll try to figure out something else. Maybe we can run a cord. And that's when her dad was like, ah, hell, get out of the way. And then he goes and lassos this thing with a fucking HDMI cord, gets it perfectly around these USB drive, pops it out, and goes, here you go. <laughs> just, it was just like, oh, all right. Yeah.
1: I love the, I love the, ah, hell. That's yeah, that's the, exactly
3: that, how he said it, too. And, like, the nicest way, of, like, he wasn't trying to tell me. That's just, he, he's, like, an aggressively Texas man. So he was just like, yeah, he's a rancher. Yeah. He, 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 he does shit with horses all the time. So making a lasso out of an HDMI cable was nothing to him. It was easy, and he got it done in 10 seconds. And, yeah, after all the shit that I had to do, is is uh and, and Jordan brings up a good point in the no-dope chat room that all hell get out of the way is far more polite than bless your heart.
1: Oh yeah. Bless yeah, yeah. your you don't heart is no, you're no. done. <laughs> nope. You don't want to bless your heart. Oh, Rich, Bless no. your
3: heart. Get out of the way. <laughs> like, you know, that's No. Yeah, bless your heart is like, yeah, he taps you on the top of the head and then just, just, just destroys your manhood with whatever you've yeah. got to do here. So
1: Yeah, you don't wanna no, you don't wanna bless your heart from <laughs> a from a middle aged Texas woman who just shakes her head as she says it oh bless your heart. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's the word
3: no. Yeah, you're not good. That's yeah not good. You,
1: you you fucked up real good. Yeah, you did something real stupid. If you're getting to bless your heart, no doubt about it.
3: But uh, there you go. So adventures in, in lassoing, uh, HDMI cables and spreader bars. So, that's... and now a whole generation of people know about spreader bars. Uh, seems like the node of chat room. Many of them, uh, many of them in the node of chat room, discovering spreader bars for the first time as well. So,
1: ah, oh, full of it. Like they're really good. Like they really have to Google. Give me a break. I
2: did. Oh, then I did.
1: Ah, you're full. You're full of it too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do common device. Come on. Is it? Uh, I mean, I, I I don't know. Isn't it a isn't it a staple of any top drawer? I mean, uh, I would think that. I don't
2: know.
3: Is it?
1: Any any, you know, top drawer with the rest of the device. I guess i really
3: as fun of a top drawer as you do, so mine's not that What
1: do you what do you have the classic bowl of condoms? Is that what you got in the top <laughs> drawer? Like this?
3: I mean, yeah, there's some in there. There's a few in the there. Classic
1: bowl of condoms. Bowl,
3: board. it's more of a just, you know, they're in the drawer, but you know.
1: But they're still attached, you pull it out, it's like a like every comedy movie ever where the where Oh the, the whole awkward, they pull it down and go yeah. <laughs> like
3: unravels. Yeah, no.
1: The awkward guy who definitely doesn't fuck has a whole string of condoms and it's you know, he doesn't he fumbles around, he doesn't know how to open it, like, you know, that that so is that what you have? Like the top uh, like the It's closer that's closer, oh, what that's closer
3: than what your top drawer is, I'll tell you that. It's, it's somewhere in between that and your top drawer. That's that's where mine's. <laughs> well, at,
1: there, so. there you go. Do you know it's illegal to own more than six dildos in the state of Texas?
3: More than six? It's illegal. Why would it be illegal to own that many?
1: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Six is the limit. I don't know. Six. I had they arrive at that. That's, a, that's, that's
3: what I'm trying to think. Like five is like like it was definitely five. and Then the guy's like, "Well, hmm, man, <laughs> you know, like they're thinking." <laughs> And somehow five, of they're like, well, that I don't know, that's not quite. No, make it six. Make it six for sure. It needs yeah. to be six, like, cause they, they definitely five, cause is a nice round number, not bad. Six is a strain. Yeah. So what would happen? Like, so what happened if you had seven?
1: Oh well, you'd be breaking the law. But I like, mean,
3: how how them. who would find this out?
1: Well, how how did how did they find out any of these? Uh, like uh, like like, isn't this something like in twenty nine states that like sodomy is illegal? Like, how would they ever know that? Mm.
3: I don't know. <laughs> now this is kinda weird. So uh, Dennis Owens in the No Sharon brings up a good point. Per person or per household? What? Uh, the six dildos.
1: I I would assume it's that's a good actually, you know what's a real good question. That's a
3: great question. You might want to ask. For no reason, just call, you know, your, your, you don't local, know I mean know? your local municipality and just, uh, just say, I'm just curious. I, a friend was asking me, and I'm just wondering. You know.
1: I'm going to write my congressman. Yeah, write and your congressman I, and ask, yeah. I will report back. I don't know who my congressman is. <laughs> well, time to find out, yeah. I will report back. Can I write Ted Cruz? Will he answer me? Um,
3: maybe. That, that fucking... Yeah, probably. Huh? yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe he'd, he'll, he'd make he'll make
3: it four. He'll make it four. He'll fuck you over. Fucking Grayson
1: Allen looking fuck. <laughs> <like we're...
3: laughs> he does look so much like Grayson Allen, which.
1: He's like Grace Allen. More
3: than enough should make you not. Yeah, uncanny, uncanny um, represent like like uh, Grace and Allen look. It, it's it's freaky. Hate. I think if
1: you look like that, you have to be an asshole. Oh yeah, like, well it, man, <laughs> it, it's <laughs> it, it right to form. It checks out. <laughs> um, in both cases, it's right to form. Um, yeah, so I don't I will I, you know what? I'm going to I am going to write a congressman. Write
3: your congressman or your m- local municipality. I think that'd be good. Maybe maybe do it at the local level first.
1: Oh, they might know me around here. I don't I don't want to. Well, I mean much. local politics. They
3: don't know you. You don't leave the house. How are they going to
1: know you? I'm a I'm a, a local businessman, Rich. I can't. <laughs> You're local kid. Yeah, they don't know anything about you. Small town.
3: You think they know? Uh,
1: <laughs> it's not that small. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You think that that (laughs) your your local, your your mayor, the mayor of your town knows who you are?
1: The mayor does not know me. People in the Chamber of Commerce 1,000% know who I am. Okay, okay, that's fair. So, are there people in that city hall who know me? Absolutely.
3: Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that's true. That's true, so. Yeah. All right. There you go. So, 6, 6, are you, you, well, I guess the good question would be, are you breaking the law?
1: Um... That's a personal question. Okay. which I'm oh, not answering yeah. that. That's, <laughs> That's fair. That's... It's...
3: <laughs> I should ask, you? are you breaking the law? That's a weird way to uh, phrase a question of a public a, a, a How, public how dare podcast.
1: you? <laughs> um, and you know, one of the psychos listening to this would like wrap me out. They'd right, like right. call yeah, up. Yeah. Uh, call
3: yeah. your local, well, call that mayor, call that local municipality yeah. and say, hey, I got a hot tip for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the anonymous tip line <laughs> and say, hey. We
1: got, a, we got a seven dildo haver <laughs> over on, uh, right. yeah, forget it. Be doing this show from the pokey.
3: <laughs> oh dear God. Well, there you go. That is uh forty minutes of uh your guys' lives that you'll never get back the Joe Lanza garage door. The always the always magnificent Joe Lanza garage door. What uh what comedy will come in the next five years from now there'll be another great story about you and your your, your garage door. Never is the gift that keeps on giving uh, to this podcast over the years. Rich
1: Let's, just committed to five more years. Yeah, there That's it is.
3: Good. All right, I there guess you, it's in. Yeah. I guess it's in.
1: There you go.
3: There we go. Five more years of the flagship pie, and then no, no more than that, though. I, I'll commit for five. I think I'm out after that. Was it five? It's a two thousand seven. Yeah, yeah. Twenty thirty or tw- Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Twenty
1: forty. What 2000... year is
3: it? Twenty twenty two is is what it is right now.
1: So it's, that'd be twenty
3: twenty seven. Two thousand twenty seven. Yeah. I'll do. Tw- I'll do at least till thirty. How about that? Twenty thirty. At least till thirty. Yeah. I did say at least. Yeah. I guess. Well. People keep listening to this dumb show, so I have to keep doing it. So I don't know why. I really don't know why.
1: We have to keep doing it until all of our enemies are are dead that's that I thought that that was true
3: yeah that is the thing that you adopted from the early days and I have also kind of adopted in 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 recent years as well it it does feel kind of fun because there was a while where you'd be like hey you know this dope podcast hey they're done they're not doing a thing anymore and I'm like who cares about them they have 20 listeners or whatever but now I'm all in on it like I update you on like a dopey show that's got you know you're more into it I'm way into it now I'm like fuck these guys they think they're better than us they're not better than us and they go away and I'm like yeah fuck them look at them
1: You you are way more into that now than me i get messages from you, you'll be like, hey, remember this guy that said this thing on Twitter in twenty sixteen? Well look, his <laughs> podcast is dead.
3: Right. <laughs> you know, like it that's is kinda kinda it... it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. It gives you it gives you some nice inspiration. It gives you some nice fire to to, to keep the passion going. So because
1: you're secretly sassy. I try I am to tell people sassy. that.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: You, you know, you're way more into that than me. I have a few enemies in mind that I refuse to ever stop doing this because they want me to stop doing it. Don't get me wrong, but you track them all. Like you, you're you're right on top of it. You you've got statistics. <laughs> you, you, you've got. Data. I have
3: often talked about having a spreadsheet, like a haters spreadsheet. Yeah, and, and and you know how many shows they have done, how many downloads they're doing, their their patrons. Right. You know that that's a good one too. Where I laugh, I'll update you. Hey, these darks still only have thirty patrons. You know? Yeah, Fuck
1: yeah, them. that's a fun game too. That's <laughs> it's a, a fun one. game too. Yeah. <laughs> That one, yeah, I I take joy in that one too. I got to be honest. Um, (laughs) I mean, there's at least a half a dozen podcasts that have been created to to directly, Spite. yeah. There's there's spite websites, spite us, yeah. 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 And and they all die. They all eventually (laughs) die. They 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 don't understand. You know, they think it's easy. They think it's easy. Uh, The problem is they're just not interesting people. Any of them. So it, you know, they're not telling spreader bar stories. And that, hell no, they're not. You know, and 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 you know that's uh. That's their that's their demise, and their wrestling takes stink. Yeah. And, and, they're they, boring they, they and they they have to...
3: terrible takes on wrestling, and they're boring, yeah, is... and they don't talk about spreader bars. So
1: right, and then we we celebrate their demise and dance on their grapes. <laughs> right. and then... I know they're
3: thinking about us, and then you know, don't worry, we're thinking about you too. So oh, we should yeah. oh, think yeah. about you. We should be above it, but we're not. We're not.
1: We're not. Definitely not above it. No. No. <laughs> no.
3: All right, so let's talk about some wrestling uh, here on this uh, flagship show. We are going to talk about zero one yes we are a zero one podcast again Joe zero one fire festival it had cheering sort of we'll talk about that a little bit but we watched the zero one fire Festival finals we'll talk about that NWA empower is not returning and uh at Billy had some juicy juicy quotes on the uh, future of the uh the NWA and their relationships with other companies. We are going to touch on that. That's going to be some pretty fun stuff, too. We are actually going to do the G1 this week. We have to do it. Two straight weeks, we had G1 planned. We had it on the Topics and Run sheet, and then we didn't do it. We are going to absolutely do the G1 Climax, Scott, because we have to. There's not many more days left to go. The tournament will be, I think it'll be wrapped up by the time... Yeah, it'll be wrapped up. Or no, was, the finals will be the day of, the morning of. So that actually goes out perfect. Uh, the finals will be the morning of next week's uh, flagship. So that works out perfectly. So we'll get you up to date on the G1, uh, who's still in play, who still has a chance to win this thing, our predictions, all that other good stuff. Uh, AEW, uh, latest, latest happenings in AEW. You just did your Thursday tier reviews uh, over at uh, flagshippatreon.com. That is up right now for people that wanted to listen to that. But uh, we talk, we'll we talk a little bit about CM Punk's return. Uh, is Kenny Omega possibly next? Uh, the trios tournament, and then uh, some other stuff as well in the world of... Uh, AW, which is very exciting. A lot of shit going on uh, right now. But let's first off talk about WWE's ratings, because for people that follow ratings and and, and follow ratings trends, uh, there was a big uptick in ratings throughout a lot of this Vince McMahon controversy stuff. It started with the Vince McMahon, which by the way, we have a on our Discord, voicewrestling.com/discord. We have a section about the Wrestling Observer Awards season, and and people saying, "Hey, you know, here's what I think about Wrestler of the Year. Here's what I think about that." It's a very fun discussion, a very good discussion. What comes up a lot though is most disgusting promotional tactic. One of, one of the f- favorite uh, awards every single year, uh, the Observer Awards, and there's always people discussing. Hey, well, uh, what about what about this or what about that? Even, Ric Flair's last match. Okay, that one's that one's a contender. That one's in the running. I think it's gonna be real tough to beat. Vince McMahon uses his addressing of his sex scandal to pop a rating on SmackDown, but that happened this year. <laughs> it happened not that long ago in, in June. That's. I mean, the award is made for stuff like that. The most disgusting promotional tactic award is made for a guy deciding, well, hell, I'm going to get a big ratings one night because I'm going to address my sex scandal, and then he goes out and doesn't address it anyway. But just the very idea of Vince Man going out and addressing a sex scandal, it did well. SmackDown did great that week. I did an (laughs) interaction about that SmackDown. Uh, It did big ratings. A lot of people were watching. A lot of people were talking about it. It did well. And the curiosity stuff has kind of stuck with WWE for the last couple of weeks. And then when the changeover happened where where, where Vince McMahon retired, resigned. Didn't retire. He resigned. But when he does that and Triple H takes over, a big bump in the ratings in, in both SmackDown and Raw. But what's interesting, though, is as we're getting down to it this week, Last week on SmackDown, that big bump—it's kind of going down. That curiosity the NXT,
1: NXT saw a bump too, which that's then true. went yeah.
3: back down. Right, right, and they're they're NXT back kind of to the normal levels. SmackDown and Raw are kind of just
1: well. SmackDown, SmackDown, and NXT are already back to where before we before this all started. They're back to their normal levels. Right, Smackdown. and here's here's
3: a few numbers for you. We'll we'll start with SmackDown. Um for, for this one. SmackDown this so they had a peak on July twenty second. Uh they had a huge two point two million total viewership average and a .62 in the eighteen to forty nine. That was the highest was that
1: the viewers- Vince week Was that the week Vince no, came so out?
3: June June seventeenth was the Vince week, which Okay, okay. Was a higher overall total viewership. Cause that what was, was that total viewership. Uh, that total viewership, I do not have it in my notes right now. Let me make, let me get it. I can get it real quick for you. But that but was it, it was
1: higher than the next week. The the Vince week had the higher total viewership. The following week had the monster eighteen to forty nine.
3: Right, exactly, exactly. So again, we're 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 looking at some pretty big numbers here. So that had a total viewership two point two seven million. So actually, right in that range. It wasn't too yeah. much higher, but two point two seven uh, was was the Vince week. Uh, but then that was the uh, that 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 July twenty second, the two point two million uh, viewership, highest eighteen to forty nine since January twenty first. So yeah, a monumentally high eighteen to forty nine in that Jan- uh, July twenty second SmackDown, big peak. Yeah, July yeah. twenty nine, it falls slightly in total viewership to two point one nine, and right. but then 18,
1: Triple H takes over.
3: Right, eighteen to forty nine point five two, down three percent in total viewers, and down sixteen percent in eighteen to forty nine. For that July right. 29th. Last week's SmackDown, 2 million people on average with a .49 in 18 to 49. Good numbers, obviously. Not bad. First in you know, certain categories and whatnot. But overall, down 5% in viewership from where they were the week prior. And down 5% in 18 to 49. So we have gone from uh, that July 22nd, 2.2 million, .62. To last week's SmackDown, we're at 2 million, .49, 18 to 49
1: these are just SmackDown. Like I said, is right back to their usual numbers. And this is with all of this alleged excitement over the triple H era and how much better the shows are and everything else. And SmackDown is now right back where we started before any of this Vince shit occurred. Right. And the same thing happened with NXT. They got that one week where they popped real big, right? When the triple H hysteria was at its peak and this, the, the latest NXT number is right back, uh, Doing you, the usual NXT numbers now. Raw,
3: which I'm sure you have these two. Ooh, yeah, Raw is is, is pretty wild here. So this week's episode of Raw averaged 1.9 million viewers on average, uh, with a 0. .54 in the 18 to 49 demo. And now that's pretty good. It ranks number one, over, you know, in 18 to 49 for cable originals and stuff, as, as it usually does or whatever. But week over week, this is a pretty steep drop. They are down 12 percent from where they were in total viewership the week prior, and down 12 percent in 18 to 49 from where they were. Last right. week as well, so week over week, twelve percent down in both viewership and eighteen to forty nine.
1: Because again, last week was sort of the peak of this, the Triple H era. Everything's so much better now. I mean, we talked about it last week, the uh, the astroturfing of the wrestling media to get everybody to making people think Sasha Banks. Yeah, that was coming the Sasha back.
3: week. That, if you're if you're wondering, it, that, was as usual, Sasha <laughs> pumps a huge number, even if she's not on the show. But the very idea the whole, that she might be there, that that there. You that's go. right.
1: And the whole whatever they whatever they termed it, to all their minions in the media. The Transformative Show. Statement Statement show. Show.
2: Statement
1: Show. Statement Show and all that. and then Now look, Raw's the only one of the three that's still above where they started. But the point that I've been making over the last two or three weeks, both in this space and in my written reviews on the $10 tier on the paywall, because I've watched every one of these Triple H era shows. I've watched them all. Okay? And the point that I keep making is it's nonsense that these shows have drastically improved and are drastically different now. And I don't think the common viewer or the quote unquote casual viewer would even notice a difference between the Vince McMahon shows and the Triple H shows. The things that have changed are things that you specifically have to be looking for. Little things that aren't going to be, you know, slightly longer matches or. Uh, The lack of the 24-7 title or slight changes in the verbiage from the commentators. There are no massive sweeping changes to these shows. Not like these people would lead you to believe. The way that some of the wrestling media talks about these Triple H shows, you'd think he tore it down and built it back up in his vision. They're the same shows, Rich. These are largely the same shows. I feel like I'm the only person who hasn't gone crazy that's watching and reviewing these shows because there's almost nothing different about them. The, the, the production is the same. The presentation is the same. The commentary is the same. Uh, the, the pacing of the show is the same. There's slight differences in the way the shows are structured. Very subtle differences. But like we talked about at the start of this, I believe they blew a massive opportunity to make gigantic wholesale changes and do a completely new vision and keep those curiosity viewers who dropped in over the last few weeks that spiked all of these shows – to uh, 2022 highs in total viewership and demo viewership, they didn't do that. A lot of these people, like me, turned the show on, watched it, shrugged their shoulders, and said, "Eh, it's the same." And they haven't come back. Right. And right. they're leaving. And the only show that that you know, like I said, and I'm telling you right now, now if they bring Sasha Banks back, that'll spike it again. Okay. But I'm telling you right now, Raw's going to go back down to that 1.7 million. Because it's trending that way already. And the shows are, haven't been good. I know they're, they're, there's you know media people who swear that they've been exactly the same. I mean, we haven't had a terrible Raw since Vince left. But we haven't had a blow-away, awesome, incredible Raw. They've been average shows. They've been the same fucking shows. And the ratings are starting to reflect that. Okay? And I feel really bad for these websites and these Twitter accounts who are so cornered and boxed in by their customer bases and by their followers that they have to sit here and pretend that Dexter Loomis is a big deal.
3: I mean, (laughs) this week was so, this was a banner week for like, whoa, Dexter Loomis carrying cross. Triple H is making moves like really, really? I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to believe that you are genuinely earnestly excited that Dexter Loomis has returned. To the WWE fold. I, I'm, Rich, I'm supposed okay. to believe this.
1: Imagine having the type carry on cross in all caps with exclamation points because that's what your customers demand. Oh God. Imagine having to do that and not choking on your own puke. <laughs> carry cross. I mean, these people. Nobody else wanted him. <laughs> carry and cross in Dexter Lumos. That's what we're excited about. Like, like, we're genuinely excited about carrying Cross, a flop on two different brands, and Dexter Lumas. That's what we're excited about. And now I have to read tweets from the John Alba's of the world about how great these shows are now. I, are, we, are you kidding me? Is this, is this a giant fucking prank on me? I watch these shows. They're not that good. And guess what? Uh, the viewership is reflecting that. It's going right back where we started. These shows aren't any good. They're not any different. Dexter Lumas We're excited about this.
3: Well, and, and to, to reflect, you know, I, I just want to pick up the numbers here. This is from WrestleNomics, of course. This is uh, August first, uh, just to give you an idea of just how many people were interested in that episode of Raw. So this is uh, Raw ratings for August first, uh, again from WrestleNomics. Uh, Dirty Raw last night on the USA Network was watched by two two point 2, 2. two million viewers, two point two three million viewers on average, including a point six one. Uh, in the 18 to 49. The post summerslam episode in the first Raw written under Paul Levesque since he took over, created from Vince McMahon, was the show's highest total viewership since March 16th, 2020, and its highest 18 to 49 viewership since April 4th, 2022. Uh, March 16, 2020 was the first Raw without an audience due to COVID. Compared to last week, Raw was up 17% in total viewership, and among viewers, 18 to 49 viewership was up. So that is a shit ton of people coming and watching that show on August 1st. People that either abandoned WWE during COVID, because again, you have to go back to COVID to find that that highest one, or just over the years have just kind of been beaten down and said, ah, whatever. Those people came back and watched the show in droves. That 18 to 49, it was up 23% week over week in 18 to 49. That's massive. That's a huge number of people in that key demo that you want that came back and watched it. And what did I say? They're down 12% of those? They've already lost 12% of those? They lost half of them. half half of them are already gone.
1: They have already lost half of the people who came back in hopes that the show would be better than it used to be because it was the same fucking show. And SmackDown and NXT coming all the way back tells me that Raw is not going to be far behind. Okay, because they were down to 1.9 million this week, which, I mean, sometimes good Raws under McMahon would do 1.9 million. It's not like 1.9 million was some untouchable. Now, the 2.2 the week before was a huge number. Everybody would agree to that. The demo number was huge too. But we're almost back down to normal levels already with Raw. And we are back to normal levels with SmackDown and NXT. This supports my theory And I've been watching these shows with an open mind, looking for the same changes that everybody else is looking for. And, Rich, I've come on this show with you, and we've discussed why they aren't making more sweeping changes. I think it would have been smart to do all kinds of uh, – to show that the show is different now. They haven't done that. It's a blown opportunity. And I'm sorry, you could, Dexter Lumas and carry across. Yeah, Cross yeah are not that's a not going to do
3: it. Yeah, if you can, if you, you can bring back, if you can scoop up a, a, a Brian Danielson or something like that, and have him, leave, you know, there's it's plenty of names that they could do, plenty of names that would actually change uh, the course. I as, as far as like free agents out in the open, I mean, it's it's well, it's Sasha. Sasha. Yeah, Sasha's the big one there. If you can come to uh, an agreement there, I'm and trying to go who Banks could steal from you. AEW, you know, and 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 who's ever kind of free, but I, all those guys are pretty much locked up or or or. or... Yeah, I I guess if you really could make the MJF thing work somehow, some way.
1: When when Cross got fired, okay, he showed up on a couple New Japan shows, and New Japan fans were mad. They're like, get this guy out of New Japan, this guy stinks. (laughs) There were rumors that Tony Khan wanted to sign Cross, and AEW fans were like, oh my god, no, Tony, don't do it. Please don't. They ran vignettes for Cross on MLW. And MLW fans were like, "Oh my God, Killer Cross is oh, what the fuck!" <laughs> Nobody wanted this
3: guy. I'll tell you, the, the folks in a, a WrestlePro Alaska were were big Carrying Cross fans. So I will tell you that. They, uh, he so- goes
1: back to WWE, <laughs> and I have to look at tweets that say "Carrying Cross" in all caps with exclamation points. <laughs> I'm, am it's just like a gigantic prank. What? A, what I, honestly,
3: I, I think I can't, I can't figure out which one I think is more ridiculous. The the Karrion Cross one, or I think the Dexter Loomis one, had me more. People were like, is that Dexter Loomis? <laughs> like, okay. We got Ryan Satin doing <laughs> Infinity Gauntlet
1: memes with these guys' faces, like they're like they matter. Okay. Dexter Loomis.
3: I feel like Dexter Loomis. At least Karrion Cross, you can give some plausible deniability that hey, this guy was a main eventer in NXT and. Well, yeah, sure, he flopped in, uh, on Samantha. On, but that was Vince's fault because he put him in a mask and he took Scarlett away. But in NXT, he was... At, but we, we if you are a listener to this show, you will know that we, from day one, said... Karen Cross is not doing... I mean, A, he's doing all this stuff in front of no crowds. So we don't yeah. know what crowds are reacting to what. And two, when he was on top of NXT... Ratings weren't exactly a bonanza. <laughs> like a lot of people no. were saying, whoa, a across on NXT. I know what I'm watching this Wednesday. No, he, it he was bad. On, yeah, it was a bomb. He bombed
1: on both brands. Right. He bombed in NXT. His debut and the first couple weeks, people were into it because like, oh, this is different. Look at this entrance, right? It was 100% falling the prey,
3: yeah, a bunch of gifts a of, uh, Fallen Prey, and then yeah, yeah, all that stuff.
1: Okay, now I always thought it was dork shit, okay? And so did you. I mean, we ripped it from the start that it was corny as hell and- Scarlet with her dorky fucking lip syncing, it was awful. Okay, <laughs> oh, <and pray. laughs> yeah, making faces like
3: smoke it... everywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's making faces like she's got Ajita. Like it was so weird, right? So then, um, like you said, it's not like this guy was drawing in massive ratings, and the match just stunk. He was awful on top. The guy was no good. He goes to the main roster, and yeah, listen, I can't pin that all on him. The fucking helmet, the fucking gladiator outfit getting rolled up by Jeff Hardy on his first night. Getting rid of Scarlet. None of that was good. Getting rid of Scarlett, but he wouldn't have gotten over anyway. I mean, I, I, I'm convinced because I, I, he, he wasn't really over in NXT beyond the entrance. This guy's not a big deal. And then the bell has to ring with this dude. That's the other problem. Okay? It's like Triple H, he's bringing back these people that, like, that no one, like, I don't want to see these people anyway. Top Dalla's coming back Friday. Good resist to anyone else's temptation of bringing that guy in. Cause he stinks too.
3: Yeah. I, 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 there's also the floating around. We're starting the, uh, maybe Bray Wyatt thing. And I'm a like, great guy. <laughs> perfect. Awesome. Yes, Anybody tremendous. that any, hire all these people that I don't want to watch on any of the shows that I want to watch. So yes, great. Hire the fiend, bring the fiend back and let him have full creative control, please. That'd be great for the show to have the fiend back and ha- give him full creative control. Yeah. Bring in Karrion cross, bring in Dexter Loomis, uh, top dollar. Yeah. Great. Bring him in. Everybody that, that didn't get signed by any of the companies that I care about. Perfect. Bring them all in. Bring them all in.
1: I want nothing more than that. Ryan Satin infinity gauntlet meme. The, the, I want those next two faces to be top dollar and Bray Wyatt. I'm begging for it. <laughs> I am begging for it.
3: Yeah, so it's Triple H with the Infinity, whatever, and it's yeah, it's it's Dakota Kai, which is a legitimate getting Dakota Kai back is is good. I,
1: but, but you know what? She's a nice little wrestler. Yeah, right, right. I,
3: I I agree. He, I, I, I was going to qualify that by saying like, let's also pump the brakes on that. Getting Dakota Kai in is great, and I like Dakota Kai. You like Dakota Kai. We both thought that Tony Khan should have hired her immediately uh, if he had the opportunity to. But okay, that's a good little pickup. Got back to the table with her. That's great. That's good. She doesn't really. She's not Sasha Banks. Let's be honest. She's not moving any numbers. Dakota Kai being in that company is not going to change anything. It's good. Good little pickup. Getting to the table of the Yoshirai and making sure that she doesn't leave. Good. That's good. nice, but, nice
1: little, nice little new stable they got there. Yeah. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Getting nice Bailey done. back in
3: the fold. That, that's good. Do all that stuff. The re-
1: aside from that stable, the rest of this has been, a, <laughs> right. has been a gigantic miss. It's all been a giant whiff.
3: Yeah, he's, he's getting his stink. guys, quote unquote, but all of his guys are the guys that helped NXT lose miserably to AEW in the first place. So it's like all right, cool. <laughs> you know, bring Dexter Lumis and Karrion and Cross back. Great. Bring Top Dollar back. Bring bring the, yeah, all these guys were not good in the first place. So I I feel like that's unfortunately the thing that a lot of people are forget- yeah. Now maybe and we talked about this a couple weeks ago. That that now the bargaining table is a little different because Triple H is there. The bargaining table is going to be a little bit different for AEW, for any of these other companies, because Triple H is there. So anybody who who went through NXT or has a, a positive thought about Triple H or whatever might you know give a second thought to join that company right now. But not a lot of those people are available right now. It's not like he can go to a stable of people right now and do it. And that is that kind of speaks to one of the bigger issues as well, is that, yes, maybe two years down the line, three years down the line, he's going to a- be able... To have a conversation with Adam Cole that he might not have been able to have before. Maybe he is going to be able to have a conversation uh, with a Brian Danielson that he wasn't going to be able to have before, I doubt it. But, you know, just in case. And, you know, there might be a few other people that he will be able to get to the table that probably were never going to go to the table if Vince McMahon was still there. But by that time, is it going to matter anymore? Is in three years, is it going to matter that much that he's able to bring back Adam Cole or whatever? Or that he's able to bring back who whatever? Right now, there's not a whole lot of people, and we're seeing that. We're, we're, the, the reflection is that they are trying to do new stuff, and he is trying to bring new people in, which is good. That's what he should be doing. He should be trying to bring new people in, but the people that he's bringing in are not anybody that matters whatsoever. So, you know, scraping A for effort, I guess, barrel, but like, is, yeah, <laughs> you know. We're
1: scraping the bottom of the barrel. I mean,. Killer Cross? What? He brings this guy back and then they immediately lose 300,000 viewers the next week. You <laughs> know, it's like no one cares about Killer Cross. Come on. Um, yeah, I know and,
3: and inserting him into like the top, you know, he's one with the yeah. number two heel on SmackDown. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I think he's living vicariously through him. I uh, like, it's like he, he wants to be doing that gimmick. Yeah. You know, he's like, it's uh I don't know. This is just this 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 Triple H, uh, this filleting of Triple H that's been going on, I mean, it's so overblown. I mean, he, the guy, I mean, he does nothing but swing and miss so far. I mean, and the ratings are starting to reflect that, you know, and and I think eventually, you know, people will catch up on that. I mean, I, I you know, well, we'll see. I mean, you know, maybe I'll be wrong. Yeah, and yeah, I mean. uh, and Raw will, be, will do fucking 2.1 million or something on Monday. I mean, I unless Sasha Banks comes back, I, I don't see it. I've been right every step of the way so far with this. I mean, we predicted, you know, the curiosity bumps and they got those, and we predicted that it would go right back to where it started, and it has. That's I mean, at, because yeah. they haven't done things that's gonna keep people around that weren't watching before. All the people watching before probably are excited about fucking carrying cross. I don't know. But the people who they could have won <laughs> Which back over
3: you you have brought up many times too. I, I do find the, the, the tweets very funny, uh the ones I've been following where it's like Uh, hey, you know, Raw had some missteps over the last few years, but it feels like things are in the right direction. It's like, wait a minute, you told me that Raw was good. Like, yeah, you've been telling me for two years now that, oh, hey, Raw's showing some really good improvement. All right, there's this. Every single week, I have to read... All these people telling me how good Raw was. Or, hey, well, Raw was a really solid show. Hey, they've done a really good job of promoting this. Or, hey, they're really on the right track with this guy. Now, all of a sudden, I'm being told, ah, you know what? There were some missteps here and there. But it feels like they're finally on the right track. They're improving. It's only, yeah. it's the Miz thing. It's like, if you keep improving, like, how are you continuing to improve? How every year do you improve?
1: Yeah, it's, it's you know, a it's lot of so these people are, are, yeah, they're pointing out how improved the show is when they never pointed out the flaws before. <laughs> right. Like, like, so, so are you admitting that the show has been terrible all this time or are you just full of shit? And we know the answer. I mean, we know the answer. Um, everybody knew that Monday Night Raw has been an atrocious television show for 10 years. Everybody deep down in you know, their heart of hearts knew that. Okay. And I think what we're seeing here, um, you know, all stick aside, all joking aside, um, all cheap shots aside. I think what we're seeing here are people who genuinely really want this show to be better. Yeah and their enthusiasm is reflected in in you, you can feel the enthusiasm in their takes these small tiny things that have changed they're extrapolating them into these big meaningful changes because they it's almost like they want to wish that into existence they want the triple h era to be something different than the vince era the problem is um you know, so far, and it's it's only you know it's been less than a month, obviously, and maybe his strategy is to slow roll a lot of these changes, um, which again I disagree with that strategy because then you lose all the people who were curious to see what you were going to do, um, or it could be that what we have opined, which is well, why rock the boat? We're going to get uh, billions of dollars in television write fees again in a year. Why should I change anything? Let's just keep pumping out content. People are going to tweet out. Uh, Dexter Loomis in all caps with exclamation points, uh, and you know, so we're going to win either way. So why risk a good thing?
3: Right, we're, we're certainly going to win her. the media game, and, and I think yeah. that is. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago. I mean, the, the the WWE relationship with the media. Uh, is only going to improve. And and Triple H has always been good about that. Triple H was great about he's getting fucking fruit baskets from Reddit and stuff, you know, years ago. You know, like those people love him. And and, and I think he is gonna be more open. And there probably will be, you know, conference calls before pay per views and, and a little bit more opening of, of that. And that's that's you know a smart strategy by, by Triple H. Clearly it's working out already. Like look at how it's how it's reflected already. The point is though, is that gonna mean anything for for actual tangible business? But like you said, they don't it doesn't who it doesn't matter. Yeah. You don't have to do anything like unless they just siphon viewers away which they're not going to. Like we've we, what we've seen over the last 2 years and we talked about again. There's nothing more you could do. As horrible as this show has been as horrible as this company has been over the last 2 years and you still had 1.7 million people watching every single Monday. You're good. Those people aren't going anywhere. Some of them might die, <laughs> given the given the average age of the viewer, but for the most part, a lot of them are just gonna watch your shit no matter what. So, like we've always said, why are you gonna do anything that's gonna going to maybe risk those people not watching anymore when you could just kind of coast with the way you're doing and just keep doing what you're doing? And that's clearly I I think what you're gonna do. But then you win the PR battle a little bit more. Have more people praise you, have it and, and maybe Maybe that does help. Maybe that does get you more viewers. Maybe that is the long-term play, is hey, I'm not going to dramatically change the show because I don't want my key people to stop watching, but maybe I'm going to have you know, these... I'm going to have my, my, my people carry water for me, and then maybe more people will kind of... Maybe some new people will curiously check this out, because they're being told that the show is good now, and the show is great, and this thing is happening, and this thing is happening, and this thing is happening. How many of those people stick around though, once they watch the show and it's actually bad again? And I guess that's the problem that we're finding
1: the PR battle is so easy for them to win too because there's an entire generation of media that wants very badly to praise WWE. Right. And the, and like and you br- you brought
3: that up and that's to me that's that's it shouldn't it <laughs> and we do this all the time. We talk about this all the time. But like you shouldn't as a member of the pro wrestling media, no matter what part you are, you're not you're not supposed to be hoping like is it good that a show is good? Would it be better if a show was good? Yes, but you shouldn't be like rooting for anything. I think the, I think it
1: depends. I think it depends on what kind of media you are. Sure, um, sure. But but the overall point is, there's an entire ge- several generations of of media right now where it's very easy to win them over because they they want to root for WWE, and it doesn't take much for them to praise it, as we've seen. Uh, bringing back inconsequential mid carders is a huge. You know they'll make it out like a huge deal. Uh, very minor, slight changes to the show. I mean, you know they keep people keep going on and on about how much time the matches are getting and all this, and there's still distraction finishes. There's still two minute matches. There's still uh, non finishes on the show. The reality is not much has changed at all. But if you give these people one ricochet match that gets a little bit of time and he w- and he actually wins about. It's easy to win that PR battle because they're going to go write articles and do podcasts and and send out tweets saying how Triple H has completely changed the world because they're so desperate for anything to be better and different because deep down they knew Vince's shows were atrocious. They knew it. It, You can't not think they weren't. They were awful. Everybody knows they were awful. You know, and now the masks are off when it comes to that. You know, it's so – it's easy to win over that kind of media because these are people who grew up John Cena fans. There's people in the media who were kids when the Shield was a hot act, and now they're 20, 21 years old, and now they, you know, they, they love this company and they want this company to be to be great. The Shield was seven, eight years ago, Rich. There, yeah. there was a 12 year old Shield fan who's now fucking
2: doing, <laughs> Do you- who's
1: doing news aggregation for fucking uh, insert site here.
2: Yeah. yeah, you
1: know, and and has a podcast and, and has a fucking voice. You know, and 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 that person, you know, these, you know, you don't even have to go back to attitude era fans or fucking, you know, uh, Hulk Hogan fans. Those exist too, but you know, this is the company they knew, this is the company they love. And they, right. they, yeah, you got people that
3: follow the Yes Movement and the Daniel Bryan yeah, at WrestleMania that are now you know 18 years old. So
1: yeah, and now everybody has a fucking podcast, and everybody has a voice. I mean, some of these people shouldn't, but they do. And you know, and so you know, and, and everyone has to have an opinion. And uh, so it's, it doesn't—it's easy to control these people because they desperately want to praise it. They love this thing. They grew up with it, and they love it. I mean, shit. Three weeks ago, they were they were they were saying thank you, Vince. <laughs> so, what do you think you're going to get from these people?
3: <laughs> gotta hand it to them. Yeah, you like them or don't like them, you gotta hand it to them. So. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep keep note of, of these ratings because I think it, it does it, – it's so far following what we told you we thought was going to happen. Well, we'll see. I mean, something could dramatically change that. A Sasha Banks return can dramatically change that, I think. Uh, but most other things, I, I don't – I don't know. I don't see much else uh, that's going to do it other than the show's just being better or getting better or people – but I don't know. Like that – It's another thing, too, that I don't know what the average WWE fan really wants these days. And and
1: listen, and remember, remember this, too, for all the Triple H praise. okay, this is a guy who just got his ass kicked and it only took 18 months to do it mm -hmm. to the point he got fired when he had every advantage in the world, when he had. History of the NXT brand and NXT was the darling of the pro wrestling world for all those years before it was on TV. And he had all that history. He had the backing of WWE. He had USA Network behind him. He had a two-week head start on Dynamite. Remember they jumped off to the two-week head start? They had a two-week head start on Dynamite. They got their asses kicked week one, and it was never even a competition. And he got destroyed. So the genius creative mind Triple H already got destroyed once to the point where he got fired. Built it in a completely different image. And, and sent him packing. Uh, so let's be careful, too, with how great and, and visionary this man is and how creative he is. And also, the, the the last year or two, the dying days of NXT weren't exactly critically acclaimed either. Okay, they just weren't exactly critically.
3: It does but, seem like we skip over so those and so just crazy. go right back to, you know, the, the glory days of NXT and kind of skip uh, over. Yeah, there.
1: everything was, yeah. And, and, and that's when he wasn't being held accountable. When NXT was peaking in truly great, okay, take over Brooklyn, the rise of Sasha Banks and the, and the horsewomen, uh, you know, the, the that's when he wasn't being held accountable for anything. And then, yeah, he did okay, uh, you know, with the Gargano and, and Ciampa and Adam Cole era, you know, filling buildings for takeovers, piggybacking off the pay-per-views. I won't take that away from him. But, you know, as soon as he had to deliver head-to-head and and be held accountable for actual numbers, the guy failed. So let's be careful. With Listen, do I think he's going to do a better job than Vince? Of course I do. And, and yeah, the early shows have been a little better, but I'm not seeing drastic, dramatic changes to where I'm like, wow, Raw is actually good now. It's not. I reviewed a SmackDown the other day that stunk. It was terrible. And these Raws are middling. They're average. Uh, So let's be careful with this guy. I think people want him to be their savior very badly. Oh, yeah. And it's affecting some of the the, the takes. So, you know, uh, I guess we can wrap up the segment with the uh, with the old axiom: "Let it play out."
3: Absolutely. Yep. It's, a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So. Uh, yes. As one Paul Levesque told us. So, all right, let's uh, let's talk about some happenings uh, in the world of AEW. As I mentioned, uh, Thursday tier reviews up at Flash of uh, You reviewed this week's Dynamite. I imagine you liked it. I did not listen, but uh, I thought it was a great episode of Dynamite. I. Assume you thought it was as well? Stunk. <laughs> you hated it.
1: Nah, no, of course. Had yeah, it three good
3: Dynamite. matches and this return to CM Punk, yeah. It stunk. And
1: I mean, seriously, how can you watch like Dynamite last night and compare any of these fucking Raws to Like, it doesn't compare. It's I, not
3: even- I, I know. I, I bring it up every week. I bring it up. At, I, anytime I fill in I, for you on the Thursday tier reviews, I am just flummoxed that people... Every single week, will find something to dislike about Dynamite or, or compare it directly. It is incomparable. You cannot compare a week of Dynamite to anything that Raw has ever done, that SmackDown's ever done. And I made that a point recently. We'll talk about the battle of the belts here in a minute. Like when I was done watching Takeshita and and uh, Claudio, I was like, "That's better than any Raw match that's exi- in, of the last fifteen years." Like already, that that match right there is better than any Raw match of the last fifteen years. Jericho and Moxley last night. Find me a Raw match in the last 10 to 15 years that was anywhere near as good as Jericho and Moxie was. Find me a Raw match ever in the history of Raw that was as good as Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega was on Dynamite. I'm not going to find it.
1: Raw hit the air, what, 93? 1993, yep. And Dynamite hit the air, what, 2019?
3: 2019. 2019,
1: yep. If you plotted out the 20 best matches. In the history of Raw and Dynamite, how many would be Raw matches and how many would be Dynamite? That's
3: matches? what I'm saying. Yeah, and yet,
1: I think like 15 of them would be Dynamite. Yeah,
2: matches.
1: of course. Am, am I out of line for no, saying that? Am I, no, am no, I and, and, and
3: and 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 again, like people will will bring a wall. Ryan structured differently. but and Mark, they give the opportunity. Yes, that's good. I like that. I am Point, a wrestling yeah. fan. I would rather have a show where the wrestlers that are good are given an opportunity to have good matches. That's good. That's You book this stuff. People say, well, you can't really compare them because, you know, a, a, a Raw isn't really... No, Raw could be that. It's just not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, I don't know. I mean, I... I'm sure other podcasts would have other opinions on this, but I just, I can't wrap my head about where they're coming from. I mean, you just like a completely different kind of wrestling than I like, I guess I just, you know, but, um,
3: but yeah, you get, you get a dynamite, you get of dynamite like last night. And then it, it's just like these little things. I, it's the, you know, I, I call it and people have now kind of memed it on, on our discord is the brandy promo is I forget what it was, but I was reviewing an episode of dynamite and it was the week after brandy had some bad promo or whatever and i was like i this show is giving you more great wrestling than any television american television wrestling show has ever given you by leaps and bounds like you said right there if you compare them top 20 matches in, on on free television history there's a good chance that more than 75% or at least 75% are going to come from a show that's been around for a couple of years and yet the discord is just overwhelmingly This one bad. If I have to hear one more thing about the fucking truth busters, whatever the fuck their name is, this week, who cares? (laughs) It's like this girl was great, and I'm hearing ah, I can't believe they pushed the truth busters and the trust. But who cares? Who cares? The littlest things get people so upset about Dynamite when the show is usually pretty fucking great. (laughs) It's just so weird the the, the, the standards that uh, that they're giving you. But then it's like I don't know that. That Dan Lambert promo sure did suck. Who cares? It was two minutes. Like I don't care being in the tournament. Who cares? Who cares?
1: It's almost like the, the WWE fans actually you, you know have it better and like they have the better outlook, right? Like they'll be excited about Dexter yeah, Lewis.
3: Yeah, the littlest thing gets them excited.
1: The AEW fans, they'll you know, you do you have one or two bad segments on a two hour dynamite and they think it's the no sucks. Yeah, they're going out yeah. business. It, Oh, we're going out of business. Yeah, Tony has lost it. Oh, Tony <laughs> needs. lost a, his you know, touch.
3: It's, He doesn't know what he's doing anymore. He's lost his touch. It's like okay.
1: You're not gonna on. like every. You're not gonna like every segment. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just like I reviewed. I've reviewed every Dynamite ever, and and there hasn't been a single Dynamite where I like every segment. I mean, you could you, you could be a great Dynamite and have two segments that I didn't like. I mean, it's just you know, uh, no, yeah, I, I, they 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 do seem to be harsher critics. The hardcore. Dynamite fan versus the hardcore WWE fan, but the hardcore WWE fan, they've had what they love dumped on for so many years that they kind of, they feel like they have to counter that. I think that's what the mindset is. They feel like they have to overcompensate for raw and SmackDown because raw and SmackDown have been whipping boys for so long uh, to a lot of people. So I think that has a lot to do with it uh, too. But in terms of, of AEW, we're building up towards all out. I said this behind the paywall today. I'd like your take punk mocks after one segment feels like a super hot match. And I'm already convinced. I don't need to know a single match on all out. If punk and Mox is going to be on all out, that pay-per-view is going to be a wild success. That's oh, how sure. I feel. That's how I feel after seeing one segment, that was a home run and a half. And, um, I-, I don't even care what the rest of the card is. And you know, the rest of the cards, AW pay-per-views always end up being great, but, uh, on that, the strength of that match alone, they can't fuck that up. Because no, these no, two no. Are too good.
3: I'm with you. Yeah, it's a hell. Of a, it was a hell of a segment, and obviously they didn't do anything. They just looked at each other, middle finger, and I think it's kind of all you're gonna have to do with this. I mean, they're obviously gonna snipe back and forth at one another. Uh, Punk will say, "Hey, I'm the champion, and you're the interim champion," and Mox will say, "I'm not no goddamn interim champion on the champion. And it's like I don't think that you have to do all that. I think just the the, the aura and the power of Mox versus Punk it went fucking apeshit for CM Punk coming back. Because he hasn't been there for a while, and it's good to have guys go away for a little while and come back, and it makes them feel fresh and it makes them feel hot. And yeah, I'm with you. I think this match feels like a big, big deal already. Uh, and yeah, all you have to do is fill out the rest of this card. But I think with j- just just Mox and Punk is going to be more than enough uh, to I think get this card uh, pretty good. And, and people that All Out name has been trusted for a while too because they've 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 knocked out of the park with the All Outs, particularly last year's All Out. Um, so I think people will go in with the expectation that hey, this is going to be a hell of a show. And AEW has has given you that they've given you a hell of pay-per-views uh really really good pay-per-views over the last year or so so or last year and a half basically so uh yeah i have no doubt in my mind that's gonna do well and, and yeah i think moxley and, and, and punk which is clearly the match um barring any unforeseen injuries or whatever but that that's a hell of a match that's gonna draw for sure
1: so dynamite um is usually a good show every week it's 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 pretty much a good show the ratings are steady they're number one on cable just about every week but there's so much hand-wringing over Dynamite, and you know, people saying you know they're not going to get a new TV deal. I, we haven't talked about that a lot because I feel like I, it's a non-story. I, I don't have any concerns that they're going to get a TV deal, and if it isn't from Warner Brothers Discovery, somebody's going to throw a pile of money at them because you can't have a show like Dynamite perform the way that it does, and uh, and it have uh, no value to the point where it won't be on the air after 2023. That's preposterous. I don't buy it. I think it's utter nonsense. I think it comes from a lot of people who are trolls. It comes from a lot of people who don't know what they're talking about. And I think in general, we give a lot of these people way more oxygen than they deserve. Uh, these people need to be ignored. Uh, rampage is legitimately struggling. The battle of the belts did not do a good number on Saturday. So, uh, those have progressively the battle of the three battle of the belt shows have progressively done less and less viewers every step of the way. Um, rampage I think I, and I wrote at length behind the paywall and the 10 dollars tier on what I would do to try to fix rampage uh, because I think that that's kind of those numbers have lost their way uh, I thought a lot of rampage critique in terms of the numbers uh, for a long time was ill-informed and disingenuous because they were never going to match that punk debut number and and they were doing they were winning their time slot just about every Friday but now we've seen some rampage numbers that have legitimately been concerning But overall, Dynamite is such a good performer that, um, you know, I can't imagine Warner Brothers Discovery not wanting it. But if they don't, uh, I think that somebody else will. Um, So we'll see how that all shakes out in 2023. But I think All Out is going to have a very – uh, very much a, a a big main event that fans are into. Now, this is going to be the first pay-per-view they've ever done, which is not going to have year-over-year growth because they are not beating the Punk debut.
3: No, no, no no way. No way.
1: So, so you're not beating that with Punk Moxley, uh, but I still think that they can do a very big number for All Out with this main event. And um, overall, I mean, there's a lot of weird doom and gloom around AEW that I do not understand. I think some of it is the merger. And I think some of it is all of the enthusiasm for the triple H era, which is kind of like taking a lot of the spotlight from AEW. And, but, but a lot of it, I and some of it is, is rampage and some of the poor numbers that it does. But, you know, that's so secondary to me. I mean, dynamite wins Wednesdays every week, like by sizable margins. Like, what are we doing here? You know? and, they did it throughout a summer with a massive slew of injuries. And these people are back.
3: They're coming back. back. Yeah, Punk's back. Danielson's back. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit Omega. <laughs> in a sec, but Omega feels imminently uh, coming back. So yeah.
1: Adam Cole is back on TV and these people were all gone, not on TV. And they were still number one every Wednesday. So, and I said this behind the paywall as well. I think this fall, as we move from summer to fall, I think Dynamite's numbers are going to go up because all of these stars are back and All Out's always a huge show. And um, so I think the numbers are are going to improve from this point forward. Um, So I I don't know. When I look at big picture AEW, I I think they're in a great position. And, um, you know, maybe Warner Brothers Discovery does decide that they don't want to pay a lot of money for – for for dynamite but they're getting a bargain right now and i think that other television executives know that AEW is a gigantic bargain dynamite's a big bargain and i want your thoughts on this i think a real dark horse for dynamite and for AEW is fox and let me lay this out for you
3: interesting so fox proper or or one of the fs ones or whatever okay so fox proper okay because well, it's a, it's a the, billion dollars less, <laughs> or, or about a half a billion dollars less that you're going to have to it's pay. It's going
1: to be so much less for them to. Now, we know they're lukewarm on SmackDown as it is. Sure. Right? We know that. Like, that's reported. Okay. They're not like disgusted with the performance, but they were expecting more. Okay. That's fair to say. Um, and it, it cost a, a half a billion dollars. Okay. They're gonna, they can get AEW cheaper in the next round. And yeah, they, Dynamite probably isn't going to do the two to two point million viewers, or maybe it will, but I, I let's just work under the premise that it won't. And let's work under the premise that it won't do quite the same 18 to 49 that SmackDown does. But you're also getting it at, at, at far less money. And you can get more value out of it that way. Because even though it might come up a little bit short based on what SmackDown was doing, by paying so much less for it, you might end up coming out ahead. And they might not want to give WWE a raise for SmackDown. You know, because now they're going to have to pay. That's how you have to measure this. Yeah, what are could they be some to-
3: optics thing of of what are we giving you guys a raise for? Because we're going to have to it, – It it's a classic – it happens in sports all the time. For people that need a sports analogy is you have a player on your team and their contract is due – and you think that that player is good. You like that player, you, but you don't want to pay them the amount of money that they're worth because another team probably will pay that person what they're worth. But you don't want to be the one paying them what it's worth. But you don't hate that player. You don't think that player sucks. You just don't want to pay them two hundred million dollars a year or two hundred million dollars over seven years or whatever. You, you know that it, basketball happens all the time with guys getting like max contracts and stuff. A lot of times these teams will just say, "Hey, look, you know, I, I we like this guy. <laughs> you know, he's a good player. We don't want to be the ones that pay him. You know." a quarter of our entire salary cap and WWE might or or Fox might be in the same position with WWE saying, look, we you're obviously you're, you're, you're a good property to have. You're this sort of thing. But if we have to give you a raise, the optics of giving you a raise when we are disappointed by your ratings, that we are disappointed by the overall numbers that you brought in that, yeah, that could definitely feel weird where they could say, Hey, look, we can, we can save some money on this end by getting another property that is pro wrestling, that we can get for a quarter of what we're paying you guys, which is still a very good amount of money, or half of what we're paying you guys, is still a very good amount of money for AW. They'll take that in a heartbeat. If,
1: if we so, can get if we can get them for half of what we're paying you, and they can produce seventy five to eighty percent, right, the right,
3: of the right. Money. It's it, and and we have to give you guys a raise because that's how this game is played. Right we, now it's and, a value play. Right, 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 right. Like the the optics of giving them a raise might seem weird to Fox, saying, "Hey, look, we don't, you know." good to have you guys on the network but we don't want to be the one to pay you a full billion dollars and <laughs> not know?
1: even necessarily just the optics of giving them a raise but just the pure dollars i guess sense. the dollars
3: and cents of yeah we do we because, want to give you guys a billion dollars
1: right we, we want to give you guys a three quarters of a billion dollars now if to get the same demo and, and rating that you the steady numbers that you give us every week well we can pay these guys fucking whatever throw it 350 or 400 million or whatever and and they're gonna give us 75 percent of what you give us so we're coming out ahead in the end you know so I, i i don't know i i see fox as a dark horse i'm not i don't know anything i'm not making any predictions but could i see a scenario like that playing out especially if you know nick khan wants to get Or, or not, not even necessarily. Or or if Nick Khan's, or if WWE's other partners want to get all of WWE under their umbrella, if NBC wants to get everything under their umbrella, you know, maybe they want to bring SmackDown into the fold, and maybe it's better for WWE to have everybody under one umbrella. Well, now that opens up Fox, and maybe Fox figures, hey, this was this wrestling shit did well on Friday nights; it carries us through the summer, and we've got this uh, brand, which is which we can get at a discount, and they can give us uh, similar performance at worst. You know, so that anyway, I, I see Fox as a as a real dark horse in
3: all of this. I, I see, I, at the very least, I do see other players in the mix. Um, I, I I definitely because there's a lot of people that think that Turner's just going to kick him to the side, then no one else is going to want them, and they're going to have to. But you know, I don't
1: understand why people think that. Yeah,
3: like, I don't know why Turner wouldn't want them. That's that's. I mean, I know that people are are doom and gloom about the merger and all that sort of stuff, but you know live sports properties that do well in key demos is every network wants that every network wants DVR proof you know high ad rate stuff and, and and wrestling because of its very nature of being simulated sport is is always going to be well valued it, and and rightfully so because it does present a tremendous value to a network networks want that stuff networks get that i mean the, the most engaged and best viewers you can get are are people that are watching Sports and simulated sports. I mean, it, it's just the way the game is played. <laughs> you know, and we we've been waiting 15 years for this bubble to burst, and it hasn't burst yet. If anything, the sports properties just keep doing better, and keep doing better. No, are getting deal another. Up.
1: Yeah, exactly. We're getting another round of this. At least the Big Ten. I was just going to bring that up. They have left oh my ESPN. God,
3: they're going to get such a big bag of money.
1: <laughs> they have left ESPN after 40 years of being on ESPN, and what they did was what WWE did. They split it up. CBS is getting a piece for 350 million, uh NBC is getting a piece for 350 million and you know a, a, a third network's getting – so they're they've split up their package among three different groups and they're getting over a billion dollars. So that's what WWE essentially did by splitting up Raw and SmackDown. Between USA and Fox And that's the Big Ten Rich That's not even the SEC
3: I was going to say what, What's the SEC going to get When they get to the table Jesus Christ
1: So I mean Now look I know that the Big Ten This is really getting in the weeds But they added USC and UCLA Which means Two more big media Ten,
3: markets Yeah Two big media
1: well, markets Well yeah Two a, a Gigantic You know They get LA But what it also does for them Is now On Saturday afternoons In the fall What the Big Ten can offer These networks Is games from noon till one in the morning because they have games going off in every time zone now. They've got teams from New Jersey to California now Now that they've added UCLA and USC. So, you know, their big noon kickoff on Fox, which is an, an enormous hit. I mean, the big noon kickoff, I don't know if for people who pay attention, they rolled that out a couple of years ago on Fox. The Big Ten big noon kickoff is, is a huge rating success. It's uh, the biggest window there is in college football. Well, you know, now you can do, uh, games in Maryland and New Jersey at noon and then you do at 3 30 you do all the mid the, you know Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State and then in primetime you've got USC and UCLA yeah so yeah. That,
3: big Ten football will be on all day Saturday all day is, is yeah right
1: awesome. it's so attractive to, to for, for television to sell that package so which is why they're getting a billion dollars and they've got three different networks by the balls Fox CBS and NBC so the the point here is the sports media bubble again, is it a bubble or is it just the reality? Yeah, it's not a bubble
3: anymore. It's so it's sports okay. business reality. Yeah, sports TV reality at this point.
1: So I mean, so this idea that in 2023, uh, you know, whether Warner Brother Discovery decides we don't want wrestling anymore or not, that Dynamite is just going to go away. Which, by
3: the way, I got a uh, email today from uh, Warner uh, PR sending me numbers about their uh dynamite's ratings so. Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> so clearly i got a fear from uh, someone at warner media it's the publicity director of tbs tnt and true tv the headline says tbs's AEW dynamite continues to dominate cable on wednesdays so they despise this company as they're spending resources and time sending me pr emails about how great they
1: are and look are. at the other other context clues too Look at all of these uh, – all the corporate synergy, first the Shark Week thing, now the Game of Thrones uh, co- cross-promotion next week on Dynamite.
3: Oh, so this is really weird, Joe. Uh, in this email that I got from this uh, person, uh, publicity director at TBS, TNT, and True TV, they got 18 to 49 and 25 to 50. But that's only – only dork wrestling fans care about that stuff, right?
1: Yeah, no, not the actual networks. They don't pay attention that's to weird, that. That's weird,
3: even though, so, yeah, this is this – is, you know, sent to everybody on the Warner Media <laughs> PR list, but that's strange. Ranked number one on cable for Wednesday among eighteen to forty-nine. That's so weird because, yeah. so only, I mean, only dorks that care about that shit. So well, weird.
1: This right. is the new. This is PR getting sent to you from the new uh, people running things. Yeah, it's got-
3: Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, her, uh, her at Warner Media, Warner Brothers Discovery.
1: You've got all this corporate synergy and these cross promotions <laughs> now with, you know, Game of Thrones. I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than that as a brand in television at this point. And, 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 and you know, there's cross promotion there. And if you listen to Tony Khan speak at all of these, uh, uh, not necessarily the scrums, but the, uh, the, the media calls before the pay-per-views. And when he's asked directly, Brandon Thurston asked him directly, are you negotiating with anyone other than uh, Warner Brothers Discovery? And he completely dodged the question and wouldn't answer it. Well, okay. So, a lot of times when you ask these people questions, you don't get direct answers, and it's it, there, it's a skill to you have to read between the right, lines. Right, right, right. What is he saying by dodging that and talking about 1970s territory wrestling for some reason? <laughs> like, what's he what's he saying? Well, what he's saying is he's not negotiating with anybody else because he feels, and obviously that means that things are going well with the people that he is negotiating with, um, because otherwise he would be. Or, or. He really wants to be there, and he's not going to reveal that he's nego- that that he's gonna that he's opening up negotiations with other outside entities. Either way, that bodes well for a deal with the with the network he's currently on. I know Brandon has a theory that. Um, well, you know, is his, has he made that theory public? I don't know if I've heard him say it on. his uh,
3: podcast. I don't know for sure. You know the one so I'm maybe, talking about. I do. I do. I'm going
1: to I'm going yeah. to leave it out then, yeah. but um, just in case, that's something that he just. Opines about privately that he hasn't. I think he's talked about on the podcast. So I'm gonna play it safe, but um, um, but yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I I don't know. I don't feel this doom and gloom that everybody else feels, and I think it's uh, I, I think it's a lot of oxygen for trolls.
3: Yeah, maybe uh, we should stop and, doing that. Yeah, we should just really stop caring what those people. I don't because... think Dave
1: Meltzer's helping. I mean, because he no. seems to be very negative on. He seems not negative, but worried. Very worried. very worried, yeah.
3: He, he's spooked he, about the merger. He's very spooked about the merger. And I get yeah. A lot of people are spooked about the merger because we, we've, we for people that have been wrestling fans for a while, a Turner-related merger, quote-unquote, killed WCW. But if you listen to Beach Bash on the award-winning flagship Patreon, flagshippatreon.com, VOWretro.com, you will know that there were several reasons why WCW <laughs> went out of business. And yes, the merger didn't help, but also... <laughs> Having a product that nobody wanted to watch and nobody wanted to pay for anymore that was doing horrific ratings and losing a lot of money, that didn't help either. Oh, yeah, and also it was a part of Turner, like actual line item for Turner. So when they had the opportunity to do a merger and and throw things out of the window and said, all right, what the fuck is this? So this wrestling thing that loses money, loses viewership, is a joke, and has really almost never made money for us. No, we're just going to get rid of this thing. We don't need to spend money on this thing anymore. It has ongoing litigation involved with it, too. If somebody wants to buy it for $2 million, great. They can have it done. All right, let's go. You know, it, it, it's it, – it's. It, but we're, we're – there's a lot of people just I, – and I get it. I understand. But, like, it's not – they're not – it's not an apples-to-apples apples comparison between, you know, a, a Turner – Yeah. No, a, it's not. We're also, we're talking 22 years ago. You know what I mean? Like, a completely different television and media landscape at this point. Uh, We're talking about one of the most disastrous mergers in history. I've heard a lot of people compare, oh, this one's not going good because they don't know what they're going to do with Discovery. And they don't know. Okay. Read up about the AWOL Time Warner merger. Yeah. If you think this one's on anywhere near the level, that is, it is taught in business school about like, hey, here's how to fuck something up as much as humanly possible. The Able Time Warner merger. There's multiple books written about how horrific that merger is. There will not be multiple books written about this merger. I promise you.
1: I don't think there, I don't think they're good con it's not a good comp at all and um i also think again with a show that performs as well as dynamite does they'll have suitors whether they want them back or not they're going to have other suitors and let me ask you this and maybe we can move on to something else but let, let me ask you this if you felt if you were tony Khan and you felt like you were under pressure to deliver because you weren't so sure about these new bosses and these new bosses weren't so sure about wrestling and you weren't getting good vibes off of them. And you knew CM Punk was coming back. Would you announce that ahead of time? Of course. I know I, know I would. Yeah. I, I mean, would,
3: I would tell you next week that that TBD ain't a TBD and that's Kenny Omega is what I would do. E-
1: exactly. And, and I mean, so you have to look at the, the, the read between the lines and read the tells that they're giving you. If this was a company that felt like they were being pressured to deliver ratings above and beyond what they're delivering or to impress new bosses, you would have known CM Punk was going to be on the show last night. You'd know exactly when Kenny Omega is coming back. And they're not doing that. Instead, he's going the other route using CM Punk as a surprise at the sacrifice of popping a quarter. Right. But with the benefit of doing an exciting show and getting people energized and all of those sorts of things. So, you know, those are clues too. But, um, yeah, so all out will take shape over the next couple weeks. I actually still haven't watched uh, Castagnoli versus Takeshita.
3: Oh, you got it! You um, got it! You got it! It was awesome, fucking great. Yeah,
1: I watched. Uh, we went out to dinner that night and uh, took the kids out, and then I, I came home and then fell asleep halfway through, and then never got back to it. So uh, the battle of the belts, that is. So I, I still haven't gotten around to that. I got I got to watch that. Um, you know, obviously it's one of the. So what do you think, Match Are you contender for
3: this? Or, you know, uh, not, it, it, not quite there. Not quite there for me. I thought it was really, really good. I've seen some people put it up there. I don't think it's that good, but I think it's really, really good. I mean, again, like I said, there, there's it, it's better than almost any Raw match I've, I've ever seen, uh, or at least seen in the most recent uh, history. I mean, it was, it, it was that good. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's been a pretty good year. I could see it. I don't think I would vote for Match of the Year. I'm about four and a quarter, though. I think there's been a lot of really good stuff this year, uh, so I don't think it'll make my top ten, but I think it's going to be, uh, you know, I, I could see it getting some down-ballot votes, you know, finishing somewhere in, like, the you know 60s or the 70s, uh, somewhere around there. And and I'll say this. I mean, Claudio looks like he's back to, you know, Claudio. Uh, he, he really feels like he's, he's firing all cylinders right now. And uh, Takeshita, I can give a ton of credit to that, dude. I have watched a lot of his matches over the last couple of months, and he is delivering every single time I see him out there. I mean, the, the match the with Mike Bailey is going to be on my match of the year list for sure. I don't know exactly know where it's going to be, uh, but uh, he, he is putting together a tremendous, tremendous year. He's having one of the best uh, excursions um, man, Ever. Of, all, of all time. Yeah, I don't even have to qualify with much other things. I know the list is like the great Muda, and you know it's a small list. <laughs> of guys. Muda's probably number one. I think he's probably the undisputed number one uh, in terms of excursions. So who else would be...
1: There's other good ones, but you'd have to go back to the territory days. There th- there haven't been great ones in a long time because um, I think you would have to say Hiromu in CMLL with that oh, series. Oh, of course.
3: Again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. Of course. Yeah. If, if,
1: for a recent one, I'd go with that because the problem is in America, ROH was New Japan's promotional partner. Right, you got partner, the fucking and-
3: Tempura Boys and all that shit that sucked and And, then yeah they did a the impact runs the impact runs not good on any of them Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: right so you had terrible promotional partners and you know with rev pro that just you know those guys just don't get enough attention I think they use those guys well but you know they don't get enough attention and we're not seeing anything on the level of Takeshita or Hiromu or or Muta or somebody like that, anyway. But if you go back to the territory days when guys would come in and, 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 oh, sure, I, you, sure, know, yeah. you know who I think had a good one? I, I think Goshi Ozaki when he was doing ROH and, and FIP. Oh, yeah, had, yeah,
3: yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one.
1: He was good. I don't, he wasn't this good.
3: Uh, Morshima, was that technically an excursion or that was just I kind of a that time one away? An I don't, I don't either. Yeah. That was just time away.
1: No, I don't think, I don't consider that one an excursion. I, some people might differ. Um, yeah, depending on I how you define not. that.
3: If you think that is an excursion, then that one counts for sure. That that's that's another one. But
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, wasn't he just working both? I mean, wasn't yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree.
3: Through? I don't think it should count. I, I really don't think it should count.
1: Um. So, but but Takeshita, he's gonna fuck around and, and get in the in the wrestler of the year title. Oh, for
3: sure. Oh yeah yeah. As he should. He's
1: been that good. I mean, he's. You know, if it's wrestler of the year by non-observer, if it's most outstanding in observer definition and wrestler of the year by everyone else's definition, he's in that conversation. Now, he's not in the Flair Fez MVP conversation, but he's without question in a bell-to-bell wrestler of the year conversation. He has to be at this point. So he's been, he's, he's genuinely been that great. And I haven't even seen this Claudio Castagnoli match. I, every other match I've seen of his, though that wasn't an AEW squash or against a prelim wrestler has been like notebook material. All of them. That's like, what? Every match he has, like, it, it starts at four stars. Like, the guy's insane. He's been <laughs> yeah. so insanely good. So, uh, so yeah, I definitely got to check that. This yeah, check was interesting, out. too. This is interesting, too, where, um, so Battle of the Belts, is a terrible number, right? Yeah, it was like, but, what,
3: 427,000 total viewers or something like that.
1: Yeah, and the lowest demo that any of the three have done. But here's what's weird. When they announced that match, they sold 2,000 tickets in like seven days. So the match sold tickets but didn't draw on TV. That's kind of weird, right? Like that's – that doesn't make sense. I I don't know if I've ever seen a match. Now, look, I'm not trying to tell you that it filled up Madison Square Garden. But they – but after they announced that match, they sold like two thousand tickets in the next week, and then the TV and then nobody watched it. So I don't know. I thought that was notable too. But uh, and that's the other thing about AEW. Um, they keep filling buildings. Yeah,
3: they keep selling tickets. I, mean, I was going to bring that up when we were talking about the comparison to WCW. I mean, at the end, WCW was 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 giving away tickets left. I mean, they couldn't get anybody to buy tickets to go to their show. They couldn't get anybody to buy pay-per-views. They couldn't get anybody to watch their show. Uh, AEW has a lot of people watching their show. Uh, people buy their pay-per-views, and people buy tickets to watch their show. So I, I feel like they're a little bit different comparisons. Other than being wrestling and being you know, on a Turner Network, that's pretty much where the comparisons end.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think... <sighs> It's kind of embarrassing that we – like, we shouldn't even –
3: Yeah, have we shouldn't acknowledge it. Compar- <laughs> should just,
1: comparisons yeah, yeah, yeah. are just yeah. outlandish. They're ridiculous.
3: Um, all right. So anything else uh, AW-wise oh, let's talk about this Trios tournament. So uh, yeah, yeah. at All Out, they're going to conclude this Trios Championship tournament. We have a new Trios Championships, of course. I don't think we've mentioned that on this show, but uh, people probably know that by now. Uh, The brackets – well, one side of the bracket looks fucking great, and the other side, well – the other side is the other side of a bracket. We have on the one side of the bracket, the Death Triangle, Pac, Penta, and Phoenix. And they're going to face in the first round Will Ospreay, Mark Davis, and Kyle Fletcher. How fucking great is that match going to be?
1: That's a nice surprise, right?
3: Out of the gates, you get Pac, Penta, and Phoenix versus Will Ospreay and Aussie Open. I mean, holy well,
1: shit. okay. How about Penta and Phoenix in a match with the New Japan guys?
3: Yeah. Oh, oh, ooh, you're right.
1: When just a few weeks ah, ago, After I didn't door, even, nice,
3: nice catch. I did not even, I didn't even put two and two together with that. Nice job.
1: So it's like, well, hold on a second. Forbidden door got fucking blown up in a lot <laughs> it was of ways. A
3: CMLL or whatever. I hope New Japan told these guys, like, just no, nah, just shut up. We're done.
1: It makes you wonder what changed in this short amount of time, because we didn't get Will Ospreay Andrade because of that. Right Now, Will Ospreay Orange Cassidy ended up being a match of the year contender and a great match, and I'm glad we got it. I would have liked to have seen Will Asprey versus Andrade, okay? Um, and I would have liked to have seen Forbidden Door have far less restrictions in terms of how the card was put together. And now a month later, we're, like, not worried about it, and it's okay? Like, what's happening here? Did someone tell someone to fuck off? Or what's happening? This is this re- immediately raised my eyebrow.
3: Yeah, good catch. I, for some, I I did not notice that at first, but that that's a nice little touch there. And, well, I guess... This is going to kind of continue with this next match. They just really said fuck who (laughs) screw this relationship. We don't give a shit. Uh, Because you got Andrade Roosh and Dragon Lee versus the Young Bucks and TBD. Now I see these are AAA guys, so this is a little bit easier. This kind of works. But yeah, it's still uh,
1: See. To me at this point, if it's not Kenny Omega, I think that'll get the wrong kind of heat.
3: What if it's Kodobushi?
1: I think that might be the one suitable replacement
3: because I don't know if you saw, and it's again, it's it's Kota Bushi's Twitter account, so you always have to, you know, take yeah, it with a grain yeah. of salt. But he was doing some weird tweeting. I, I, I don't trust any of the translations at this point, but I do know that AEW came up a bunch of times, and he was saying like, "When I go to AEW, it will be beautiful" or something like that. I'm the lovers going...
1: will return, and yeah, this
3: shit. right, right. He's like, right. "I will be at AEW for a short time, and it will be beautiful, and the lovers will return for a short time." And it's like, "All right, okay, I don't know," but again, who the fuck knows with with that guy's Twitter account? But, um. He is another potential fun name that you could put in there. I would probably expect it to be Omega, but if it's not Omega, it's got to be someone like a Kotobushi. It cannot be...
1: Brandon Cutler. Yeah, yeah,
3: it cannot be Brandon Cutler. That would not go well. <laughs>
1: um, look, all I know is the last time I checked in on the Ibushi thing, what I was told and what I reported was New Japan's tact moving forward was going to be he's calmed down, he's not saying anything stupid... We are going to quietly allow his contract to run out, and we are going to wash our hands of him. Now, if you've paid attention in the ensuing two months or whatever it's been since I wrote that, you really haven't heard a peep from either side. No. So that seems to be the way they're choosing to handle it. Another I great don't... guess.
3: Another great guess by you, Joe. Nice job.
1: Well, you know, I'm, I'm very good at that. So I I, I don't, I feel like I don't think his contract's up. I mean, I could. I don't even know who I could ask when it comes to that. But I don't think his contract is up. But here's the thing: if a if Tony Khan was thinking outside the box and and asked New Japan if he could use him, maybe New Japan said, "All right, you know what? Fuck it. Who cares? It'll keep Abushi happy." Yeah,
3: yeah. If if, if that's something it'll, he wants to do, then sure. Why wow, we don't care? It'll
1: it'll make Tony Khan happy. It'll make it easier for us to ask for half his roster for next year's G One. I could see them approving that. Sure. So I don't think he necessarily has to be, has to have had parted ways with new Japan for it, for him to come into AEW. So that's something to think about too. But I, you know, obviously look, the match is next week. I think it has to be Omega. Um, but you're right. I think the only person maybe on this earth that it could be where the fans won't shit on it is, is maybe Kota Ibushi. But again, that match is going to be phenomenal. I mean, it Eli could be. Ranger. I mean, is, a, yeah, whoever that lie. is,
3: <laughs> yeah, whoever the other guy is, unless it is Brandon Cutler, even if it is Brandon Cutler, I don't think it's going to matter. I mean, Andrade Rouge Dragon Lee versus the Young Bucks and whoever. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be pretty great. So that that side it, of the bracket. Listen, rocks. listen, Tone,
1: get those claws into Dragon Lee. Get those claws yes. into Dragon Lee. You know, you use them on the pay per view. And ROG get his pay-per-view.
3: overdubbed New Japan music, please.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> please. Yeah. yeah. Um. Get you know the, he he let him wrestle his brother on the ROH pay per view threw him a bone there, uh, he's got him here. Um, I want to see Dragon Lee versus Phoenix. I mean, you know that's a match I want to see on a big stage. You know, and and that's that's pretty close to reality because those two units are feuding with each other. <laughs> like that could that you could get Dragon Lee versus Phoenix on on a, on a yeah. fucking dynamite or something.
3: You doors know? have been yeah screw um, doors doors are stupid. Open them all.
1: I think I asked you this once before. Who do you prefer, Dragon Lee or Phoenix? Uh, Phoenix. For Phoenix?
3: Yeah, I I like Dragon Lee, but I I think I prefer Phoenix. I saw saw too many live Phoenix matches uh, in AAW, like singles matches that he did. I think he can be a phenomenal singles guy.
1: Dragon Lee, could he wear smaller tights? Is that possible? Uh,
3: no, <laughs> he could really, unless he comes out in a thong. Uh, not really, no. That man, you get a, nothing left to the imagination on one Dragon Lee. And hey, look, if I looked like that, I probably would wear that too. So
1: It's um, like, uh, he, he reminds me of like Golden Era Dragon Gate, where like Naruki Doi would wear like the tiniest tights, and Yamato would wear like no tights. T- like, you he, know what? If He's it a works, tiny it works. tights guy. He's a tiny tights, a guy, tiny tights guy. Yeah. Well, sure.
3: I, again, yeah. If I looked like that, I'd, I'd wear tiny tights all the time too. But uh, I don't, so I don't uh, wear that. But uh, so that is one side of the bracket, <laughs> and uh, someone will win. You know, one team will win both of those matches, and then, like, no matter what that next match is, it's gonna fucking rock as well, right?
1: Oh yeah, like the winners of those two <laughs> yeah. matches. I mean, right. I mean, f- I mean, how good. How good were Osprey and Aussie Open in their six man's Bills of Forbidden Door? I mean, you know, and they won over the crowds and everything and and uh and and Aussie Open were legitimately people that I think a lot of people didn't know who they were. Not this pretend shit where nobody knows who fucking Tanahashi is. Like I don't think people knew who Mark Davis was. And they they won those crowds over with those T V matches. So yeah, any combination of those winners, and obviously the Bucks are gonna win. Um who do you think will win the other one? Do you think?
3: I th- hmm.
1: You know, Osprey and those two guys might only be in for a week. Yeah, so, yeah.
3: I would imagine it's Death Triangle versus the Bucks team.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's what it's gonna be. Um poor Kyle <laughs> Fletcher gonna eat another L. Right?
3: Well, yeah.
1: He's uh <laughs> yeah. that's his he's the L eater he in is. uh he is the L in, eater, in, unfortunately in AEW. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, uh, the other
3: side. <laughs> and then the other side of the bracket. So that side, you're like, whoa, this is going to be an all-time great tournament. And it still might be an all-time great tournament, but, hey, you know what? Every uh, every tournament needs some, some lower seeds, uh, some people that don't quite uh, uh, match up, but... The other side of the bracket is Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews versus the Dark Order, Evil Uno, Alex Reynolds, John Silver, and or Preston Vance.
1: See, I didn't see the Read those
3: names. Read those names. The Dark Order. When you just got done, I know you're like the number one Dark Order hater, and I'm not exactly on their side either. Read the names that we we, we just mentioned, Pac, Penta, Phoenix, Will Ospreay, Mark Davis, Kyle Fletcher, Andrade, Roosh, Dragon Lee, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, and then either Kota Bushi or Kenny Omega, okay? Like, that's basically half of your top 50 list if you're making a top 50 wrestlers in the world list, right? Yeah. And now you have to read Evil Uno, Alex Reynolds, John Silver, and or Preston fans.
1: Yeah, I mean... Just dorks. Everyone knows I hate the Dark Order. I'm just gonna leave it at that. I just, you know, silver silver can go. I mean, I'm not gonna tell you the guy can't go, but he's so off-putting. Evil Uno just looks like a shindy dork. I can't.
3: I'm with you. Yeah, it's it's hard. He
1: he don't belong on major league TV, uh, regardless of what you think of his work. Alex Reynolds is the jaggiest jag that ever jagged, and um, you know, Vance. I guess he's a prospect because of his size and his look, but and that might end up being a good match. But you're right like you read those names and you're like well one thing doesn't fit the other here
3: uh and then oh boy uh the trust busters aria davari parker bordeaux and slim J. I love if i had told you three years ago joe two two years ago i don't think we knew who parker bordeaux was three years ago if i told you two years ago uh, hey, Joe, there's going to be a team in AEW. And it's going to be Aria Divari, Parker Bordeaux, and Slim J. Yes, that Slim J. Would you ever in a million years believe me?
1: You can't discount anything in wrestling.
3: This is like... <laughs> These three men. <laughs> Slim J. Like, what would have ever brought together Parker Bordeaux and Slim J?
1: Did you see the Rampage spoilers or no?
3: Uh, I did. I did. You did? Yes.
1: Okay, I did not. So don't spoil it for me But there's like a chance Sonny Kiss could be added to this Yes, Unless he just got squashed in the match I don't know, because again, I didn't see the spoilers But they're doing a storyline with Sonny Kiss On top of that, so you could throw that in there too Um, Yeah, it's just bizarre You can't write anything off in wrestling It's crazy, I will say this, Parker Boudreau Is being used The way he should be used here As as opposed to the way he was being used In NXT 2.0, where he was like an escaped Convict who was Under the spell of (laughs)
3: whatever it was, was he? Was he an escaped convict? I don't, I guess guess he kind of was. He was wearing like, hey, he was wearing like a convict suit and he was bald and he made weird faces. Now he just looks like a badass and makes weird faces, which is probably the better route for him.
1: Now he's doing what he should be doing, like, he was like. He was Josie's janitor or something. I don't know what he was in NXT He was either a janitor, or a garbage man, or an escape convict. Yeah, he one was of a
3: Duke the dumpster Josie um, or spade or, or nails. The... Yeah. So we got our yeah, Parker mean, Bordeaux, so, Slim J, and they're facing the best friends. So
1: Yeah, I mean I hate best friends. But um I like Trent and I I them as a, I like each of them. I don't like them as a like I'm with like you. I, think,
3: I agree. I like Chuck Taylor a lot. I like Trent a lot. I like Orange Cassidy a lot now. uh, But them together is just, there's a certain dorkness to it. But it's over, and people like it, and I get it. But it's, again, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It does feel like all three of them have more potential than they do together, but whatever.
1: I feel like uh, when it comes to the trust busters, I'm going to give that every chance. I mean, it's bizarre on paper, but. Aria DeVaria is basically doing the same character he was doing at the end of 205 live when I was when me and Joe Gagne were the only people watching um like this rich playboy kind of deal and his work really did improve and he became a meme on the TV reviews I would do uh or at any mention of Aria Divari, I would play his little his little theme song um so I was into the Aria Divari at one point but um yeah I'll give this a chance it's something different I don't know why everyone just automatically shits on it I know it looks weird on paper, um, and maybe it'll suck. But um, you know, Arya Davari, I think is a guy. I, I know you're down on him. Uh, you're just over there cringing as I say this, but because <laughs> you've seen a lot of him on the indies, that's yeah, the thing.
3: yeah, he's you're- fine. Like he's he's good in like a uh, like a uh, if he's gonna be a mouthpiece, I think that's a good role for him. If he's like the dork of the team, that's fine. You know what I mean? Like he's fine in that role. That's fine.
1: I could point you to some nifty little eight minute two hundred five live matches that, heard, I heard, nev- yeah, that, I, yeah. that I know never you'll never, that I know you'll never, you'll never watch them. Make that I list for me, them.
3: Joe, please uh, yeah. tonight if you can. Make that list so I can watch them tomorrow right away. So
1: that'll be on the bottom of your priority <laughs> list, and you'll never watch them. But uh, yeah, I don't know. So they're probably just going to lose anyway. They're going
3: to lose in three minutes, and then they're going to be a back on dark, and you're not going to. Yeah, they're they're just yeah. a, a lost post. The best friends are going to beat them. Uh, as far as the dark order versus the the other. Dark dudes, I have no fucking clue with those guys. The the Malachi Black Brother. I imagine they beat the Dark Order. Then you get the Black King Matthews versus the best friends, and that yeah, I don't know, I don't know. But either way, like I, I think it's it's not going to take long for that side of the bracket to kind of get okay, and the other side of the bracket, everything you're going to get in that side is going to be great. So, um,
1: I think good. you're getting, I think you're getting House of Black versus Death Triangle in the final. And I think conspicuous by absence is Adam Cole and Red Dragon, and they're going to cost the Bucks a match at some point in this tournament. There you go. How about that? I like it. I like it, yeah.
3: Because you you need a way for those guys to lose, and you need a way to kind of build them up for something all out, and I I think that's probably a good way to do it. Because
1: they don't have – I thought Cole and Red Dragon would be on the other side. And I'm glad they're not. Uh, Is O'Reilly
3: still okay? Uh, Well, I guess he came out. Yeah, I guess he's fine now, right?
1: I just figured. <laughs> I thought after last week that was going to be your tournament final, but they're not even in the tournament, so I think you're just going to get some kind of match between those two groups at all out. And I think the final of the tournament is going to be House of Black versus Death Triangle, since they've kind of been programmed together anyway. Um, I mean they kind of moved they kind of moved Death Triangle into a feud with Los Ingobernables. But this is AEW where when feuds end they they still simmering. Yeah, you know. So it's not like you're not supposed to remember that Death Triangle and House of Black had this feud going. So that would be also make sense as a final. So um, I think Death Triangle will will win the tournament. I think they'll beat the New Japan guys who will just be in for a week. They'll beat their current rivals in the semi, and then they'll be uh their old rivals in the final.
3: So that's uh the finals of course will be at All Out as we said. So we know a little bit of what's going on at All Out. I think everything else will kind of come together. It's sneaking up pretty quickly. I I, I did see some people be like, "Ah, it's kind of early to bring Punk back, but it's like now nah, you've got to get going." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're you're uh you're not that far away from this thing happening. I mean, it's what one we have one well, how many more dynamites? What three? Yeah, three more dynamites, right? That's it. Yeah, something and you're there, like that. there's yeah. All Out. So, yeah, shit, you got to get going. <laughs> I, I think, like you said, I think just Punk and Mox is going to be enough to probably sell a bunch of... But you need to make this an overall good card, and I, I think they will. But, yeah, it's going to take a little bit of uh, uh, getting to it uh, over the next three weeks. So.
1: The, the only thing is if Cole and O'Reilly can't wrestle by All Out... Right. Then you may as well have the Bucks and Omega win. So... It's good that I can't It's figure it out. <laughs> yeah,
3: that's good. You that's know? how a tournament should probably go. That's how a good yeah. wrestling company is booked, where you don't exactly know how everything's going to play out. That, that, that's good. But uh, no, it was cool. It was obviously cool to see Punk back, too. Uh, he, he was about to have his foot amputated uh, last week, but now it, he's, he's fine. So you get those reports from Comic-Con where, oh, my God, Punk looks terrible. He it worked, lie. everyone. Oh, faked, this is unbelievable, Joe. These wrestlers are over-exaggerating and, in some cases, even faking injuries I just yeah. won't be a part of that. I'm not going to be a part of this. This the sham of of a business where this wrestler is going to l- walk with a limp, and I'm supposed to believe that this man might be exaggerating or, or flat out faking that he's hurt. I, I just I can't be a part of that.
1: Walk with a limp, complain how much it hurts, and be grumpy to everyone, <laughs> right. which is what he did. I was going to say that's not,
3: not that far off from what Punk probably would have done, anyways. But uh, yeah,
1: could you imagine the bitch sessions that Punk and FTR bald have with one another? Could you even imagine <laughs> those two? just complaining about everything yeah, somewhere in a locker room. I love it. Um, as a, as a know, man who
3: complains about a lot of stuff, I, I would love it.
1: I am not stunned that those two get along. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, <laughs> right. you know. Uh, it's they, just
3: to be great to sit at in an airport with, you know what I mean? Just everything bothering them, everybody annoying oh them. Goodness. You know, this, Why is this guy this close? That person's coughing. That, that person's- bald,
1: he is just a, constantly <laughs> aggrieved. I know. He's constantly aggrieved about something. He <laughs> That's just, why
3: I like him more and more. I'm starting to like him a lot.
1: It's just you know, it's one thing after another. Every time he talks, it's some melodramatic fucking <laughs> speech about something. Like you know, it's just you know, is geez, guy, have a beer and watch a game for God's sake. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable.
3: Um, In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan Off Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net, arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices,
3: Yeah, that's AEW. We are going to get to New Japan and uh, Zero One, NWA, all that other stuff. Also Impact Wrestling, I forgot to mention them. They have a weekend coming up in, uh, in Chicago. I'm going to one of the shows, so... Uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. But uh do want to let you know about FlagshipPatreon.com. We have mentioned it a few times. That, of course, is our Patreon tier. It's extra bonus Joe Enrich content for $5 or $10. You can get a ton of stuff. $10 gets you live episodes of the flagship. So if you're listening to this on the free uh, podcast app, you can listen to it a day in advance. You can listen to it live. You can get all that sort of stuff for the $10 tier. Also, any time we do instant reaction shows, instant reaction lives, Uh, You're going to get all of those on the $10 tier as well, all out coming up obviously next month. Uh, we are going to do an instant reaction live for that. Those ones are always weird because I'm going to that show. So that one won't be like, it'll be live, but it'll be like an hour or so after the show, but we'll make it work anyway. We did for uh, last year's all out, but uh, those are always huge shows. Uh, those are always great ones. But yeah, everything that we ever do live is all available on that $10 tier. Also any of the written content that we do, and you have done a lot of that stuff as of late. Uh, I've been slacking a little bit on the written content, hopefully getting back to add it uh, in the next few days. But uh, you've been doing uh, random TV reviews. We both did really, really well-received articles on Vince McMahon. Um, but yeah there's a lot available on that $10 tier Like the live stuff like I said Instant Reaction, Flagship Lives As well as all of our written content All available on the $10 tier The $5 tier gets you all of our bonus audio Including the Thursday Dynamite reviews Which I mentioned so every single week uh, You review Dynamite Right now it gets you all of the G1 Climax reviews Every single night you've gotten there You've reviewed them all Uh, Just basically about, you know, like a couple hours after the shows go on live, it's not very long after, that you're getting an extensive review, spoiler-free recommendations at the beginning uh, of every episode as well uh, for the G1 Climax, and uh, as well as all the retro stuff we do, including I'm finishing up the Beach Bash series right now, uh, where I review each and every uh, WCW Beach uh, Blast and WCW... Bash of the Beach main event, I'm just about done with the year 2000, that'll be up by the time most of you guys listen to this, uh, and the year 2000 has a lot of fun stuff, it's got Vince Russo uh, working himself into a shoot, and uh, getting uh, getting the Hulk Hogan's pissed at him, and he's suing him, and all that sort of stuff, it had 1999, which just infuriated me to no end, because WW 1999 infuriates me to no end, uh, and a lot of other retro stuff is on there, everything that we've ever done for VOWretro.com, which is where we have our entire hub of all of our retro content, is also available on that $5 tier. So you get plenty of bonus audio for the $5 tier, $10 tier gets you live stuff and written stuff. Uh, great value on all that sort of, uh, both, both tiers, just tremendous tremendous value, especially these last couple months. We've just put in a ton of stuff on there for, for people, but uh, anything that you're, uh, uh, particularly proud of over, over the last couple of weeks uh, on the Patreon?
1: I just think the, uh, written TV reviews that I'm doing on that, uh, $10 tier, um, you know, I, it, it, the feedback I'm getting is tremendous, so I would think that people, uh, if they subscribe to read that, would probably really enjoy it. Most of the reviews end up turning into essays or columns, more so than, these yeah, aren't, these aren't, know, these
3: aren't, you're saying, all right, so then Lash Legend came out, and then she had a match, and then she did this, and then uh, I give it two stars. Like, yeah, it's more of like a column about the show or some some big picture topic from the show that you've then decided to read about not not necessarily hey here's what happened in each match like cuz that'd be boring and stupid and nobody wants to read that
1: i do very little in the way of move by move and uh, and 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 just recapping the show i do very little in the way of that i do a little bit of that when it comes to like uh shows like uh NXT level up and the reason i do is because that's firmly like a low level developmental show and i think people are interested in the developments of the wrestlers so when it comes to shows like that i do do more in the way of breaking down the matches themselves and and um and giving my assessment of of what i think of the talent but when it comes to rampage which i pretty much do every week and when it comes to you know when i do impact or if i do you know some of the bigger shows it's more big picture thoughts that i talk about um and and i turn it into a column or an essay and And um, I I think that's just more interesting than just, I mean, you could read straight reviews of these shows anywhere. And quite frankly, I'd be bored writing something like that. So, um, you know, it's uh, if you enjoy my writing, if you enjoy my audio, if you enjoy my perspective on things, I think you'd really like those. Uh, I do about one per week. There'll probably be about three to five of them per month. It's not like I do them on a certain day of a week and they're done exactly once a week. But I do pump out uh about one per week. And once G one is over, um, you know, that'll open up some things too. I think there's three more G one uh daily shows. I you know, I still been finding the time to do everything else with the G one, but um, you know, when the G one's over, that'll clear my slate as well. People keep asking about daily N1 victory audio, and I, I I'm not saying I'm not gonna do it, but I'm probably not gonna do it. But I'll make a final decision. Because the tournament did start. Rich, did you see that Jack Morris defeated Kaito Kiyomiya? I did
3: see that Jack Morris got a win. I was, I went to go look at the N1 standings. And I saw Fujita like stack up. Uh, it was Go Shiozaki, right? That he beat on uh, the first round. I was like, oh boy, here we go. Who else won in the first round? And I looked at Jack. It was said Jack Morris: colon two, and I went, whoa, <laughs> hold on a minute. How did Jack yeah. Morris, who I haven't heard of ever. Uh, until a couple weeks ago, who did he beat? And then I found out he beat, uh, beat Kato Kiyomiya. So Ito
1: Kiyomiya, who has all that momentum from the Muto win, well, he's got so to
3: get it back. In this end uh, now he's losing. He's got a, couple, he's got a couple weeks. He's got a couple weeks to get it back with this new. Yeah, well, you hair. know,
1: yeah. if you have a chance to put Jack Morris over, you, you got to put it. Jack Morris. No, you got to put Jack Morris over. Uh, but yeah, anyway, the written TV reviews. Uh, there's a new Jovember up. Uh, Jovember's now 20 or 21 shows deep. So if you've been waiting to binge that. You know, uh, now it's probably a good time to do that. I have a couple other Jovembers that just need a couple finishing touches and to be sent off to Andrew Rich, and then they'll be up. So um, the pace is picking up a little bit with that. And Jovember's about to get real interesting because we're coming to the end of the Eddie Gilbert era and the beginning of the Paul Heyman era. So the next few shows will cover the infamous Ultra Class show where Eddie Gilbert <laughs> yeah. quit. And, and all of the drama between Eddie Gilbert and Todd Gordon and Paul Heyman taking over and Gilbert feeling like Heyman stabbed him in the back. And cause they were very tight before then. I mean, Heyman was only there cause Gilbert brought him in and, um, you know, all the crazy rumors of Todd Go- of, uh, Gilbert making a pass at Todd Gordon's wife, which probably is kind of believable, <laughs>
3: very and, believable. <laughs> yes.
1: Um, you know, and Eddie Gilbert being upset that, uh, Gordon decided to join the NWA. That that was the real breaking point. I don't want to give everything away, but things are about to get real crazy on November for the next few episodes. And I'm thinking of, I'm debating doing an entire show strictly on Eddie Gilbert. I think he deserves it oh, and sure his does, legacy yeah. and all that, and 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 everything that goes into that. So that that'll be coming up soon. Um, you know, the last November I discovered a match that I hadn't previously ever thought about all that much that I now feel like is one of the most influential matches of the entire 1990s.
3: I'm not going to tell you no, what that we match you got to listen and find out. I wasn't going to tell anybody either. You got to listen and find out.
1: Yeah, but there, there's a match that I review on the latest November where I watched it and I watched the crowd react to it and I listened to Paulie dangerously on commentary, basically break character, uh, reacting to the match and i thought to myself holy shit this might be the match that sparked the direction this might be the one so um if you want to know what that mystery match is it's on the latest November to remember but listen to every, all of them in order you'll Absolutely. get much more yeah yeah, it. yeah
3: yeah, you do need to you listen to them all in order it's well worth it i would say most of our series we, we do a good job of making sure it's all in order i did forget to mention as well goldberg i have a series called uh, goldberg 173 and one uh, episode 1 got rave reviews from people, big kind of audio documentary style thing all about Goldberg's streak, Goldberg's you know winning of the WCW title, and now we're going to get into the bad stuff. The first episode was all about, hey, they're doing great stuff. Goldberg's out there and he's beating all these guys, he beat this guy, he beat that guy, he beat this guy, he beat that guy. Then we get into, of course, why they decided to hotshot uh, Hogan versus Goldberg on uh, that n- episode of Nitro. Discovered something interesting about that as well, not necessarily maybe the reason a lot of people think. Uh, it was also a little bit of the politicking uh, behind uh, making that match happen on such short notice and, and, and who benefited most from it. And now after that, and you're going to get a new episode hopefully in the next uh, next week or so. Those take a little bit of time because a lot of editing, a lot of research that goes into them. I'm grabbing clips from from Nitro's and grabbing clips from student interviews uh, and that sort of stuff. But uh, the next one gets into... Uh, The fumbling of it because they hotshot Goldberg to the title and then they have no fucking idea what to do with him afterwards. So uh, we'll touch on that. We'll touch on how everything kind of went wrong uh, with Goldberg. But that is going to be a series that is going to be basically monthly. Uh, Until December, we're going to do it in real time as it happened, all leading up to uh, Goldberg facing Kevin Nash at Starcade and losing the streak and losing his title. So we're going to kind of do that month by month. uh, But that is also available on the $5 tier. So that's a shitload of stuff you're going to get for either $5 or $10 over at FlagstaffPatreon.com, Patreon.com slash wrestling or VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Patreon. Okay.
1: All right, let's do G1. I want to ask you a question first because I just got really mad at something. Okay, what do you got? We just got a comment on the Patreon page from one of my G1 audios. Okay. Okay. Um, before I tell you what the comment was, when we did our G1 predictions, when Suit Williams called into the show, do you recall this a few weeks ago? Uh, of course. Yeah. 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 When the topic of the Great Ocon came up, what did I say about the Great Ocon? Do you remember?
3: Uh, I think you said that. I'm trying. Well, you said it's coming. The push is coming at some point, very soon for him. It's not going to be right now, but it's going to be very soon.
1: Okay. That's very yeah. That's essentially what I said in a nutshell.
3: It's and not going to be this G one, but it's coming.
1: Right, and I compared him to when Shibata and Ibushi and all those guys. Everybody thought they would get pushed. And yes, yeah, yeah. Would, every, every
3: every year, moment. everybody predicts Shibata was going to get eleven points, and and, and and yeah, and it never quite happened. And you said it's not going to happen in this G one for Okan, but but it's it's coming. The push for him is coming.
1: Okay, so I'm not going crazy. I said that.
3: Right. You said that. I believe so. I said that's how I remember it, at least.
1: I have someone sending comments on the Patreon page saying that I am walking back the idea that O'Connor is going to get pushed based on his, uh, his performance in this G1. I, have, I, did, I told people he wasn't going to do well in this G1. I said that.
3: <laughs> I believe you it's did. It's on yeah. tape.
1: It's on tape. I said he's the new guy that you're going to be waiting around for years, and, and the push is going to come two years after you think it's coming. Like all of those other dudes, Shibata, Abushi. I know that's what I right, said. New
3: Japan is a glacial pace for their pushes, so you yes. you can sense that a guy's gonna get pushed and then set the timer for like two or three years after that.
1: Sonata was another one. Okay, so no, I am not walking back his. Are you, are you crazy? <laughs> this is exactly what I said. He, this, he he has he's right where I thought he would finish. Fucking last. Jeez, that angered me. I just had to make sure I wasn't crazy raised. No, I don't
3: think so. Yeah, I mean somebody can go and listen back, but I'm almost positive that was exactly your take is that he is similar to Yeah, you, you mentioned that Shibata and those sort of guys where every year everybody thinks, All right, this is the year that's you know, Great O'Conn's gonna, you know, win his block and it's never quite the year that you think it's gonna be. It's gonna come at some point, but it's not this year.
1: For not sure. yet. Geez, that's what I said <laughs> They're always trying to get us, Rich They're
3: always trying to get they're, you, yeah, those comments They're always trying to say, you know, hey, you got this wrong Always trying to you get us that wrong. You didn't, you didn't You're know never you.
1: going to get me <laughs> They've been trying to get me for 10 years They're never going to get me And you're not going to get me Alright, so You want to do this G1?
3: Yeah, let's do the G1 So, let's, uh, so five more shows to go uh, night 16 starts up again on the 13th, so that is Saturday. Uh, we're recording this on the 11th. Uh, night 17 on the 14th. Night 18 is all block matches on August 16th. Uh, the semifinals are going to be August 17th, and then the finals are August 18th. So as we said, everything is going to wrap up in about a week now. Uh, five more shows to go. Uh, so now one of your favorite yearly traditions, Joe and Rich, stumble through G1 match uh, scenarios and do some G1 math and all that sort of stuff. So-
1: oh, whoa, whoa, whoa no
2: stumbling this is easy
3: you got you got this one you got this so you've been studying it probably a little bit more than me you're doing the daily auto so you got this all ready to go right so i will set you up and you will be able to give me the exact scenarios for each of these men absolutely okay
1: for each block yeah let's do it so
3: a block there are four men still technically alive in the a block okada has eight points archer and jonah are tied with six points and jeff cobb has four points
1: right but cobb has two matches left
3: right so cobb can get there
1: He can get to eight, okay? And if everyone ties at eight, if Cobb wins his – if Cobb beats Yano and Lawler and Jonah beats Fale and Archer beats Okada, all four men would have eight. And then they would do – they would compare their records against one another, and it would be Jeff Cobb versus Jonah in a a playoff match to determine who goes through. Now, are they going to do that? Absolutely not. They're not doing playoff matches. They're not doing wacky <laughs> fucking tiebreaker bullshit. Uh,
3: I think there's one block okay. where they could maybe. We'll see.
1: Well, you know what? If they do shock all of us and do that, I just told you how what needs to happen. I don't think it'll, it'll
3: be this out. block. So. I don't think it'll be this block where they don't. Uh, is a block where I think they're going to maybe get a little cute, but it's not this block. All right. So
1: technically, yes. Okay. Jonah and, and Cobb somehow with, with four points is still alive. But it would require the four-way tie, and um, um, here's how you know they're not going to do that. Okay, Cobb wins his two matches, and then if Jonah beats Fale in the uh, on the 16th, basically that eliminates Archer and Okada because even well, well, ok- Okada can win <laughs> We're and get to 10. Stumbling. but it eliminates Archer because even if he wins, it's a four-way tie, and he's out. They're not going to do that. Okay. They're going to have Okada and Archer be for everything, so um, you know. So Jonah is probably well. He doesn't have to lose to Fale because Archer beat Jonah, and he will have beaten Okada if there's a three way tie. So, but but Cobb is probably going to lose to either Yano or Lawler because they're not going to that they're not going to do the four way the four way tie.
3: So, at, at this point, are you assuming that Okada just goes through his path is the yeah. easiest? Um, oh,
1: Okada is is hitting Lance Archer with a Rainmaker yeah, and pinning and, him and in the center block. of the right, right. 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 Mean, So for that, all that, this, I
3: mean we're, we're we're giving you every scenario, but like Okada's one. Right. Of block, so.
1: right. But if you want to know how they advance, yeah, if Archer beats Okada and Jeff Cobb loses at least one match, Archer goes through. Okay. So that's Archer's path. Beat Okada, Jeff Cobb loses at least one of his other matches. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter what Jonah does from there. Okay. For Jonah to go through, you need the four way tie and then Jonah. (laughs)
3: That's and
1: then Jonah has to beat Cobb in the playoff. For Cobb to go through, you need the four way tie. And then Cobb has to beat Jonah in the playoff. The reason Jonah and Cobb would advance to the playoff is because in the four way tie, they would be the ones that are two and one versus the other three. Okada and Archer would be one and two versus the other three. I think. Let's just move on.
3: <laughs> Okada's
1: hitting that rainmaker. Yeah, there. Okada's going through.
3: Uh, yeah. B block a lot easier here. You got two guys, Jay White and Tama Tonga are the only ones I think still in play. Is that correct?
1: All right, so hold on. It would actually be Archer and Jonah <laughs> that would that would be the ones you got that are this. two. In- You're
3: good. You're not stumbling. You got it. Yeah, I'm doing great.
1: Archer and Jonah would be the ones that would be two and one in the four way tie. Not Jonah and Cobb. So just to clear that there up, there it is. All right. So
3: um, again, B block is nice and easy. Night eighteen, B block singles match. Tomatonga versus Jay White. Win, go through.
1: Yeah, B block. Everyone's eliminated besides everyone's eliminated right this second, with the exception of Jay White and Tomatonga, right, are
3: facing each other on the eighteenth or on the on the uh, final night. On the final night, yeah, night eighteen on the sixteenth. So the
1: sixteenth. In fact, the Jay White Taichi match coming up on the thirteenth uh, is meaningless. It does not matter if Taichi wins that. In fact, if Jay white is still sick and they're, keep, and if they keep him away because they suspect they're, cause they're afraid he might have COVID or whatever, he could forfeit that match against Taichi and nothing changes. It still comes down to Jay white and Tamatanga for the entire block on the 16th. So B block is a, is just, it's, it's, it's come only one of the remaining four matches matters at all.
3: They dodged the a bullet too. They, I mean, God, imagine if they, if they built, they were built up some weird, tricky scenario where jay white had to beat Taiichi or whatever and you have this thing where he's sick or he can't quite yeah. they're not sure like they they got smart by saying you know what who cares if there's a worthless match in between we want to build to whatever this match is going to be they didn't get too cute and it bailed them out because if they were cute during this you could have some issues where jay white's got to wheel himself out there and just figure something out because you have him forfeit then it, it could have had all sorts of but they they made it not cute they just said all right the match is going to matter is the match on the final night Jay White versus Tomatonga, Bullet Club versus X Bullet Club. It just works perfectly. So I'm glad they just went as basic as they could with the B Block. We know who it is. We know what the match is. That's perfect.
1: And I think Tomatonga winning that match.
3: Uh, ooh, that's interesting. I, hey, and my pick. I think did I pick Tamatanga when Suit Williams?
1: Just say you did. I no, did. No, I, I did.
3: I did. Sure. I was te- I was setting you up to say yes, Rich. You were right. You did pick yeah. Tomatonga because I did. I'll never get the credit for it. They'll attribute I mean, it to you or something, but I I did. I picked Tamatanga.
1: Don't count your chickens. I mean he still has to win. Hey, but
3: he's here. He's in the mix.
1: No, I think it makes too much sense. I mean, you know, it, it, it pays off the feud. I was right in about a way, Jason and
3: Lee and I'm right about Tamatanga. So you know what?
1: He can lose to Okada anyway, so yeah, I think uh Tamatanga will yeah, probably
3: one of these win days that. people are gonna give me credit for stuff. But anyway, C block. Hey, I'm not bitter at all. Uh me and me and FTR Ball <laughs> there. <laughs> all right, right, C-Block. Yeah. Uh Zach Jr. eight points. He's on top of the block. Then Goto Tanahashi... Controls his own destiny. Controls his own destiny. Then Goto Tanahashi and Naito all deadlocked at six points apiece. How do you break this one, Joe?
1: All right, The other three guys are out. Hanare, Kenta, and... uh, Evil. And Evil. So Naito and Saber face each other on the last night. So Naito is two points behind Saber, but he gets a chance. He gets a crack at him head-to-head. So... But Naito already lost to Tanahashi and Goto. So Goto would have to, Tanahashi would have to lose to Kenta on the 14th. And Goto has to lose to Evil on the 16th in order for Naito to have the winner take all versus Sabre. Because he loses tiebreakers to uh to, to both of those guys. Because um, he, he lost to both Tanahashi and Goto. So if there's a, if 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 this, even if he beats Sabre, okay, and all four of those guys finish at eight, he's on the outside looking in because he's one and two versus the other three because he lost the two, to to Tanahashi and Goto. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, right, right. So it, it's like I said at the start. I think all along, Kento was going to knock out Tanahashi on the 14th. That match isn't even on the final night. They had the match at Wrestle Kingdom that Tanahashi won. So this is a perfect spot for Kenta, who's already eliminated to play spoiler and knock out Tanahashi. I also think Evil is going to knock out Goto earlier in the night uh, on the 16th to get him out of the way, and then it's going to come down to Naito and Zack Sabre Jr., which will either be the main event or the semi-main event. That's going to be one of the last matches on the show, and that's going to determine the block.
2: There you go.
3: What would your what, what, what would you guess is the result of this C-block? Because I, I could see Naito. a few different ways playing out. You, you see Naito doing it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I kind of do as well. Uh, there's a part of me that... But the Zack Sabre Jr., that's just too clean for him, and it doesn't feel like the right... It does feel like Naito for me, too. I, I, a lot of people have been saying, you know, Naito and Okada um, feels like a, a, a... the Either to finish it here or do it at Wrestle Kingdom. I'm with you. I think Naito comes through in the C-block. But um, then we have, Joe, the D-block, where the whole block is still alive, and it is not impossible. It is improbable, but it is not impossible... That the entire block ties, and I believe they just do a Rambo if the entire block ties, because there's no way to break it, and goddamn, am I hoping for the D-block Rambo.
1: Alright, I'll tell you what has to happen.
3: Do it. For the D-block Rambo? Yeah. Do it, please. Oh, and if- by the way, the top of the block is you, Drew, and David Finley, as we all predicted. Tie
1: with six. in first place because he beat Finley head to head.
3: All right. So, Yujiro with tiebreakers. If the G1 ended right now, if, the, if New Japan just said, hey, look, everyone has COVID, the G1 is done. Ujiro Takahashi, Takashi, are D block winner. So, congratulations. Yujiro's
1: a block winner. Correct. <laughs> right. All right. So, if the following happens Yoshihashi loses to Will Ospreay on the 13th. It's
3: definitely possible.
1: Yoshihashi defeats Finley on the 14th.
3: Not impossible.
1: That completes Yoshihashi's tournament with six. Yep. That completes David Finley's tournament with six. At that point, if Shingo Takagi defeats Yujiro on the thirteenth, very probable. That that leaves Yujiro with six. And then if Shingo loses to Phantasmo on the sixteenth, and Juice Robinson defeats Will Osprey on the sixteenth. All seven men in the block will finish with six points. They all, obviously, if they all have six points, they all have the same record against one another, obviously, because they all will all be three and three. And it will necessitate some sort of seven-way match <laughs> to determine the winner of the block. We got to do it.
3: We got to. Why Why not? I, I would say, honestly, I mean, it sucks because Will's going to have to eat a lot of L's to make it happen. Just uh,
1: one. Just to juice.
3: Uh, I thought you said he had to lose two.
1: No, he has to beat Yoshihashi. Oh, beat Yoshihashi. Oh, okay.
3: Oh, yeah. We're, we're cruising then, man. We're good.
1: So you only need five outcomes. And, and a none lot of them of the were impossible.
3: Upsets. Like none of them that you said really, I think Shingo losing to Phantasma was the one that I was like, ah, that's a little. That's the
1: biggest upset, and they've been building that match, though, yeah. in a weird way. They've been cutting promos on each other.
3: I think they got to do it. Why not? You have this silly block format. You got the four blocks. You haven't booked anybody to be monumentally better than anybody else in this. Deal. I say do it. You got this point. I, if they if they hadn't planned on doing it, you're so close to doing it. Just fucking do it.
1: Yeah, Come on. they're not going to do
2: it. Come on. Yeah, yeah.
1: I it. mean, Will Ospreay's beating Yoshihashi and then he's beating Juice. And he's going to win the block with eight points. I mean, that's, you know. Oh, yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. But come
3: on. There's so much.
1: So Finley loses. You can win a
3: seven-way match. That's fine.
1: So Will beats Yoshihashi on the 13th. Finley loses to Yoshihashi on the 14th. Because Finley has can't get to eight because he beat Will. Okay. So that's how those two matches are going to go. Shingo, I think, is going to lose to Phantasmo. The, the the only thing is if you think Shingo is going to win the block. Okay. Shingo, if he beats Yujiro and Phantasmo, he goes to eight, and it knocks out Yujiro. Yeah. And then Will – and then Juice Robinson can spoil Will. Well, actually, you know what? It wouldn't matter because Shingo beat Will.
3: Right, So then right, that, right, right. Yeah. That
1: would make Will and Juice meaningless. So they're not going to – listen, Will Ospreay is beating Juice and winning the block. I hate to ruin it for yeah, everybody. Right, but. yeah. 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 I mean, I. I mean, I guess you could. Let, let's try to make an argument for Shingo. If he beats Yujiro, they
3: they, they would have to they have the, been doing that with Shingo right now. I mean, they they clearly have him kind of on the back burner a little bit. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's the right. That time was my to. theory at
1: the start. But if they schedule Shingo, okay, here's how you know who's going to win the block. Whichever match is scheduled to go on after the other, then either Will or Shingo is winning the block. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. right because right. yeah, they're not going to. If, Shingo, if the Shingo match goes after the Will match, Will will beat Juice, but then Shingo will beat Phantasmo and Phanta- and Shingo will win the tiebreaker with Will. But if it's the other way around, Will has to finish with more than Shingo, so then Shingo has to lose to Phantasmo. So if they do the Shingo match first, he he'll he'll get upset. But then, no, they won't do that either because then Will, oh no, he still needs to win because he'll be tied with six with a bunch of people. Yeah, so then Will will still need to win to advance. Right, That's right, what they're right. going to do.
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: We almost, we almost, okay, I almost lost the plot on this plot. <laughs>
3: you almost stumbled but... a little bit, yeah, because you just won't accept the seven-way tie. You just won't accept the Rambo. You just need to accept that the only option is the the chaotic seven-person tie is the only way to do this. Yeah, that's not happening. But probably, but... you're right. So then, with, with your logic, and I think I had the same predictions that you had for uh, Okada, obviously in the A block, I think we both agree with that, right? Yeah. Uh, B block, I could see either scenario. I would assume assume tamatanga but you could do J white and Okada too if you really really want to uh, i say b block is like, pretty open i think that's unless a
1: unless they feel like in this new world we have that they need jay white Okada to sell tickets on the side right right right
3: that's it because tamatanga and, and, and Okada is not you're not giving up a match that anyone was going to pay to see ever so it's fine right so if you want to do that that's fine uh, either one of those scenarios I think is fine. So the B-block I think is kind of a 50-50. I lean towards Tama Tonga, It just makes a little bit more sense. But I could absolutely see Jay White doing it. So either of those two. Those are the only two guys that are obviously there. So it's a little bit of a cop-out. But I don't know. I I, I can't really call it. I think I'd probably go Tonga. But I could see definitely see Jay White there too. Uh, so Okada, either Jay White or Tonga. The C-block, I'm with you. To me, the story has felt like Naito winning this thing. Uh, just classic G1 booking. We kind of know the heartbeat of, a, of Gato booking and Naito going down early and then having to kind of recover his way and, and, and get back up to the top, uh, just makes all the sense in the world. And it does feel like it's time. Uh, he's been away for a little while. It does feel like it's time to get Naito kind of heated up a bit. Uh, so I think winning that C block is probably a good way to do it. Uh, do you see any other person that you would put any percent chance or are you pretty much a hundred percent locked in on Naito?
1: Well, yeah, Goto needs a wacky tie scenario. Now go to,
3: go to, come on, go out.
1: Um, Tanahashi, I think, is going to get knocked off by Kenta. Yeah. No, I think it's. It's a great, great, tournament,
3: great tournament for Tanahashi. But I think the story is better told if Kenta knocks him out. So I'm fine with that. And then Zach would be the only other guy, but I think it's pretty clean to just have Naito beat Zach.
1: Yeah, well, Tanahashi beat Naito, Zach, and Evil. Those are good wins for him. Yeah. The other thing about Tanahashi is he didn't win a single match with the High Fly Flow. Make of that what you want.
3: Interesting, interesting. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, and he put over Hanare, which. You know, and I and I said at the time when Hanari beat him on night one, I'm like, this is Hanari's. That's it. He 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 doesn't need to win another match. His tournament's made. He beat Tanahashi, and he hasn't. And he didn't win another match. So, um, yeah, no. But this is classic Gato booking. He he even with a six match G one, he, he found, found a way, way to do it. Yeah, he's still, big, big still big found a big comeback to it. story.
3: Yeah. So I, I'm with you. I think Naito in the C block. He's probably the only guy that I, I I honestly see coming out of that C block. And then the D block. I think the only logical explanation is the seven way tie. And then the sack races uh, you, on consecutive to Sundays to, to, to break it so
1: maybe Yujiro just hits that pimp juice yeah, on I was gonna Shingo say he should just shoot on him it should,
3: Yujiro should just shoot on Shingo and win what are they gonna do you know you know that
1: match in the 13th Yujiro Shingo
3: that's a big okay. match no Yujiro can clinch it yeah I know it's a huge match if he
1: wins the block is over that's Shingo it. gets distracted no one, by
3: Peter, yeah. he, he's too distracted by the booty, and, and yeah, Yujiro just rolls him up and wins it. I think that's totally plausible.
1: Because he's got the tiebreaker on Finley, and he and the only other guy that can get to eight would be Yoshihashi, and he has the tiebreaker on him. So Yujiro... Well,
3: listen, that, oh, it, you know what? You know what? This isn't the worst... I mean, it's not going to happen, but let, let's let's go to the assumption that this is going to happen. I mean, we're talking about, oh, so we got Okada and, and Tamatanga on one block, right? Not yeah. a match that anybody you know you have to pay to see or whatever. You get no limit,
1: no limit. That's right.
3: On the other Main, side, semi
1: made event. Also, I blew that. Will can get to eight and eighty. <laughs> but
3: um, I it, mean the, the it, big no limit match. I mean, a that's gonna that's gonna sell some tickets, not too many tickets, not enough that you need to give away. But the big the 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 return of no limit against one another. Uh, that's you know. I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter as much as it did in twenty. 20- Thirteen?
1: Uh, not so. When much. they wrestled, when they wrestled all year long,
3: <laughs> right? But you know, it's been a while since they've wrestled <laughs> all year long. So, um, yeah. I say, <laughs> let's do it. The No Limit explodes again. Uh, in the, that's you know, probably not going to happen. But uh, get, get crazy. Why not? It's U-Dro's time. Give him that gold watch run. Right? You know what? Have him win the whole fucking G one. Who cares? So the sixteenth. You, you got two nights now, right?
1: The sixteenth is Tuesday, right? the semifinals, the 17th
3: uh yes yeah, so tuesday is the last of the block play yeah uh wednesday is the semifinals. then thursday is the finals
1: so we'll be doing a show after the final
3: correct so we can
1: uh, it works it out per- review
3: it so it works out perfectly
1: uh so we'll review the g1 next week um yeah, man. I got how many shows left? Three. The 13th, 14th, yeah, and 16th. I'm oh, not you're not, doing, you're
3: not doing the semis and all that sort of stuff. So, you're, yeah. You're, no, no, no.
1: You're... Semis and finals we'll do here. Yeah. So, I've got three more audios behind the paywall. And then you're done.
3: You yeah. did it. I don't know how you did it, but you did it. <laughs> it I got, got kind of dire there for a bit. It got real dire there for a bit, I will admit. Uh, my my, my viewing of the time. G1s got real dire, and I got some... I got some texts from you being like, all right, what days can you do? <laughs> you, know, you gotta help me here, but uh, yeah,
1: I mean, it picked up a little lately.
3: Yeah. Um, the last few days, because the, the last week, I think it was last Thursday. We were in some real doldrums where it was like, all right, I can't. I, you, you felt like you couldn't do it anymore. And I don't blame you.
1: <laughs> the problem is just trying to come up with things to talk about. Yeah. It's it's hard. I mean, you get two, three shows in a row and they're all the same. And there's you're struggling to come up with angles to discuss. But um, the last couple shows have have picked up some. I thought the last show with Okada and Tom Lawler and Goto versus Tanahashi, those two matches were really, really good.
3: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, Tanahashi, he's had a great tournament. He has. I, that Tanahashi guy, I dare I say it, Joe, I think he is a good professional wrestler. He's nifty in the ring. <laughs> he's nifty in the ring. He's had, honestly, a few of I mean, the Goto match I loved. Absolutely loved it. Just hard hitting. Goto with the accidental blood just pouring yeah. out of his mouth. It looked great. I still love that Hanari match. The Tanahashi match is still yeah. one of my favorite matches this entire tournament. Yeah, he's great. He's, he's a great wrestler.
1: He's been good. Um, I think Osprey Shingo's been the best match overall. I
3: don't know what's happening over at uh, Rich's house nah, here. Fucking phone doing weird shit. Anyway, um,
1: I think that. You know, Ishii versus Chase Owens was a sneaky good match on night thirteen. Okada Jonah was was good. It, it's picked up lately.
3: I did like Okada Jonah a lot. Yeah, and it helps to have you know Shingo and Will definitely helped <laughs> a lot too. So
1: on the twelve yeah, night twelve, yeah, yeah. I did not. Uh, I,
3: what were your, I? I did not listen to your review of that, uh, but I liked the match, but I think I liked every other match that they've had better.
1: Yeah, I went four and a half, and I and, and out of their. Five matches, it's probably my least favorite, and that's crazy. Because yeah, it
3: was yeah. I mean, with that being said, very yeah. good. Like, like let's, let's preface it. Yeah. Like, they've had some of my favorite matches ever. But I Think did like this, this one the least of all, <laughs> for sure. And I'm probably four and a quarter, four and a half, right in that range.
1: Think about this. They've had five matches, okay? Four of them have been with clap crowds. And it's still one of the greatest series of matches of all time. Think about that.
3: Yeah, what are those fucking guys going to do when they're actually in a real?
1: The only, the, their only match that they had in front of a real crowd was that's best of the Super Junior final where they wrestled for the first time. Right,
3: and one match of the year.
1: <laughs> which was like a five-star match, <laughs> right, yeah. Just right. stupid good. Every other match they've had has been with the clap crowds. The 2G1 matches, the New Japan Cup match, and the match for the title. And even with that gigantic handicap, you know, you can count on one hand The number of all-time rivalries that have topped this one bell to bell, Shingo and Will Ospreay. When they got in the ring for their G1 match on night 12, within the first, I don't know, two or three minutes of the match, I said to myself, oh, this is different. This is the G1 and some of the best wrestlers in the world are in this tournament. And this is just a different level of yeah, wrestling that was than a G, That
3: was a G1 before. match. That was a, I mean, the bell rang, and they just fucking went at it. And yeah, I, I'm right with you. A couple minutes in, you just went, oh, yeah, this is different. This is better yeah. than everything else that we've seen so far this entire tournament.
1: Yeah. You're like, these two guys are just better than everybody else on this tour, and especially against each other. Like, this can't be touched. You can't put two other people together on this tour that can do what they're doing right now. They're, they're, because their chemistry is incredible, too. And that that's the other thing about it. They effortlessly have some of the greatest matches of all time, but also some of the most difficult matches of all time. And they make it look easy.
3: Oh, they're insane. Yeah. They, they should fuck up everything and they fuck up nothing.
1: Yeah. And they just do it effortlessly. I mean, they're two all time greats. I think Shingo was considered an all time great. I think at this point, at least by fans in our sort of circle. Right. Like Shingo. Right. If was you watch right? Dragon
3: Gate, if you watch Dragon Gate USA, if you're familiar with, you know, some of his other work, yeah, you, you would already put him as. If in... you
1: like, yeah, if you're into the high work rate style or if you're a fucking smart. Like, I think, like, I think our pal Allen has Shingo as the greatest wrestler of all time, if I'm not mistaken. Like, yeah, uh, that's true. Player. Yeah.
3: And I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that.
1: So, you know, he has not So, but the thing is, I think now it's time to start talking about Will, Os- Will Ospreay in that same kind of, uh, uh,
2: discussion oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: mean, I think he's an all-time great i mean i don't know how high i would put him but this will now be 1920 21 22 it's certainly not a lock yet but if he ends up being my overall wrestler of the year that'll now be four years in a row where i thought he was the best wrestler <laughs> in the yeah, world. It's, uh... and i don't know if there's any other wrestler historically who i thought was was the best wrestler in the world for four years in a row i don't know if i could say that and he and, and look he hasn't done it look, look, Mox, Takeshida. There's other people in this conversation this year. I don't think Osprey's running away with
3: conversation. it. Conversation. I would say he's running away with it. For me personally, he's running away. For you, away he's, with
1: he's it. okay, yeah. so for you he's running away with it. For me, he isn't yet. Um, but he's definitely in the conversation for sure. The thing about it is, I don't think his G one has been like this blow away G one. He really only has the one super match against Shingo. It also happens to be the best match in the tournament. I thought the ELP match was a low-level notebook match. And I don't know. I don't think I had anything else four stars or higher. But this is also a G1 where there isn't a lot of matches that are four stars or higher. So normally what I'm saying is by the G1, Will pulls away from the pack because he has nine matches and seven of them are great. (laughs) Right, right, right. And this year he has six matches and two of them. Well, one is great and one is excellent in my view. I I don't know where you stand on these. I'm just giving my opinion. So that's where I why I say he's not he hasn't distanced himself from me. But he would probably still be my number one if I really look but Mox is is is, is stalking him down. I mean, these bloodfests that this guy is having on TV every week, you know, on top of all the other ancillary stuff that he's done, I mean and, and Takeshida, I mean, we talked yeah, about yeah, him before. Yeah.
3: You know, and I'm sure I'm
1: I'm forgetting someone, but those are my three. I mean,
3: shit, I I, I saw some people in our Discord talking about Jericho the other day, and I'm like, you know, (laughs) if you wanted to pitch me on a Jericho, I'm probably not going to vote it, but he's had a fucking great year. He's had a lot of good matches this year. You know,
1: before Cody got hurt, but he hasn't had enough for me, and I know you didn't think of him as highly as I did. Uh, so he wouldn't have been there for you. But I thought the Seth Rollins series was phenomenal. But he just now he's been hurt. Right,
3: right, right. He's probably not going um, to
1: do anything else the rest of the year. So. There's no one else in WWE, in my opinion, that is even worth discussing. Freakin'
3: freaking isn't uh, up there for you?
1: No, I mean, the WWE fans are saying it should be him. But they have to hang their hat on someone. And it's always him.
3: Yeah, but <laughs> every year it's always him.
1: Outside of the Cody matches, I don't think much of his work at all. I mean, I don't. I I I I mean, he hasn't been. He's, he's a good wrestler, obviously. I I just don't think. I think outside the Cody matches, Rollins hasn't really had a match where I've been blown away by his performance or, or or the level of the match. Um, Dragon Gate for meters, no one. Uh, the Indies for me, Speedball. I'd throw him in there. Yeah, I was
3: gonna say Speedball definitely deserves some 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 consideration. Um,
1: so that's four guys for me. That i'm considering i'm trying to think AEW. i'd have to look at danielson's year but he missed a lot of time
3: he missed a lot he could still there's time there's obviously a tough time for him to pick it back up but i do think it does hurt so
1: i gotta look at hangman's year and see if he has but see those guys i don't think they have enough they peak high but i don't know that they have enough anyway i don't know this wasn't even really a topic but um Anything else on the G one, or you want to squeeze these other topics? I think in? that's
3: it. Let's 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 do some squeezing here, uh, real quick. Uh, I'll talk about uh, impact wrestling because I don't have a ton to talk about this. I wanted to end out with the uh, the Fire Fest, or actually, you know what? Let, let's do Fire Fest since we're in Japan. Um, yeah. What did you see of the Fire Festival? Watch the whole fucking show, man. Whole tournaments? No, no, You can nobody can see the whole tournament. I think. Only well, there's show. only one
1: other to make I think tape. One other show but, uh, to
3: make tape, but uh, uh, yeah, I didn't watch that, but I did watch the entire show of the Fire Festival Finals. Uh, Joe, we are a zero-one podcast yet again. It's so glad to do it. Uh, and this was an interesting show because this show had cheering, sort of. All right, so this show happened on July 31st. Finally made tape. Uh, finally were able to kind of figure. Uh, on Samurai TV kind of made the rounds, people were able to see it. And a lot of people said, hey, you gotta, you know, you should check this out because there's cheering in it. And there is. There's definitely cheering in it. And it's 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 very, very nice to see cheering back in wrestling. But I thought this was kind of funny. I don't know if you caught this too. The fans are still kind of clapping more than they're cheering. They're still kind of stuck. They don't know how to do it just yet. Like when a big spot happens or 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 like obviously in the main event they did cheer a lot, but a lot of the undercard stuff, they still kind of resorted right back to the clapping and it's going to maybe take a while for them to realize wait we can just make noise again like why do we cl- we don't have to clap or stomp our feet we could just yell again so it's going to i think it's going to take a little bit longer for fans to kind of get used to that than than we think it's not going to be like just one day they said all right you guys can cheer and everybody just started cheering all of a sudden one day it's going to take a little bit and i thought it was interesting to watch this show where it's slowly building up where uh, you know big spots were getting cheers but a lot of the the the, the mundane stuff was still just getting claps
1: they had a good crowd. I mean, they did 870 people in Korokin, which for modern post-COVID Japan is really good. Yeah,
3: especially but for zero one.
1: Yes, exactly. So for zero one to do 870 people, and I got to tell you, I don't think that's much of a worked number because it looks packed. So no, it looked I mean, full.
3: It looked they, they did some shots of the entire arena, and it looked pretty damn full. Yeah, it didn't seem like there was a whole lot of empty spots. So good for them.
1: And this is basically one of two zero one shows that we talk about. We talk about the New Year's show every year. <laughs> yep. And we talk about the Fire Festival final and, and I there's only six or seven shows on tape all year, but these and now and then we'll do a title match. If if they have a title match that gets buzz, we'll we'll parachute in and talk about it. But generally we do these two shows. Um I gotta tell you, this was a very good top to bottom show. Did you watch it? More, yeah, I liked no? it
3: too. I liked the whole show. I, I when it was done, I was like, fuck, I wish I could watch more Zero One. I like it. I don't know why. Yeah There's I mean, always something about Zero One that just I don't know. It just kind of clicks with me. Like I, I don't know why, but when it's done, I'm always just like, "Fuck, I could watch more zero one. I could definitely watch zero one all day."
1: You know what else I like? The television cut ninety minutes. You're in and out.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah, if yeah, you, yeah,
1: yeah. If you skipped the post match Sakamoto victory stuff, and then there was like ten minutes of commercials after that. Like, and and if you skipped the post match comments after each, you you were in and out in like eighty minutes. Right,
3: right. I fucked up when I when I went to the file because I I initially got to the file and I was like, you know what? I just want to watch. I'm just gonna watch the final. And then if I have time, I'll go watch everything else. So I skip to like, you know, with forty minutes left in the in the in the video, and I think like Sakamoto's like pinning him at that time. It's because you know uh, then there's no. Yeah, the, yeah. I was just like, ah oh, damn. Like I knew he won anyway, but I was like, ah oh, crap, you know what I mean? Like it's just. Yeah. And then I'm like, what the hell is this other forty minutes? But it's like the big promo, and then a bunch of packages and stuff afterwards. But yeah, dude, if you skip some of the entrances and skip some of the post matches, you're you yeah you're in and out in ninety minutes. I love that. So more of that, please. Yeah. More more what uh, one two three. Four, five, six, yes, yeah, six cards uh, Six match cards, I'll take that too for sure
1: Rich, if this file was four hours I wouldn't have watched it No,
3: no, it was an hour I do not have 40, time I for that think. shit <laughs> yeah, so. It
1: was a two hour file and I was like Fuck it, I'll watch it and skip everything but the action and, and I'll see how it goes You know, and if it feels dry I'll just skip to the main event But I liked the whole show I mean, the two opening tags were were fine for what they were. I thought Chris Vice versus Fuminari Abe ruled.
3: Oh, I mean, that was my hot take because I thought you were gonna hate that match. My take is, holy shit, Joe! Why did this match rule as much as it ruled? It, it rocked. It, ruled. it was so good. Okay, is Chris? Is he was he canceled or is he not? Am I mixing him up with somebody else?
1: No, you're mixing him up. He's not canceled.
3: Okay. You're, Good. you're thinking of Chris Weiss. Of, rocks. Uh, All right, great. <laughs> Let me tell you about how much I like Chris Weiss.
1: You're thinking of the other white dude who went to Caliga.
3: Um Yeah. Oh, Dylan James, right?
1: Dylan James yes. is canceled Ooh, he,
3: Okay, great. So now I can tell you how much I like Chris Weiss because Chris Weiss yeah, rocks.
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah.
3: Hey, I had to make sure before I went on my Chris Weiss rock. I thought this Dylan was Dylan James
1: is accused of kidnapping a 16 year old girl and then sexually abusing her mm, or something. Allegedly. Okay allegedly 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 okay all right it's something he is accused of something of that nature got it of kidnapping a 16 year old and the parents did not approve of it or something i don't know something with a 16 year old right. which i'm nervous about. yeah, yeah allegedly. allegedly so anyway it's not chris vice so okay go ahead good so
3: it. chris vice rocks all right and this match was great because it started off with a little bit of comedy and you know i'm thinking ah, here we go and then like Two minutes after the, the they do some like basic, you know, kind of comedy, you know, hold exchanges, then they just beat the fuck out of each other for 10 more minutes <laughs> and it fucking rolled or, or eight more minutes. I think the match went 10 minutes total. They just beat the hell out of each other for eight minutes. A lot of great near falls. And this is when the crowd really started opening up. And maybe the uh, credit to these guys, too. Of just saying hey let's get this crowd just moving let's get this crowd and they were starting to, to cheer and like kickouts would happen and the crowd would go ah, ah, and then little by little they were getting more excited more excited more excited and then Chris Vice beat him man this crowd was was up for grabs this was a great match
1: yeah no this match ruled um they had shocking good chemistry together Vice of course wins because he's the heavyweight and I didn't think Masato Tanaka that junior Matsunaga match was that far behind
3: no 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 that was, no, really no, that was that oh cool. dude I love the end of it too where Tanaka took, took Junya's head off and Junior yeah. doesn't move for like five minutes. And then they just toss an ice pack to him. and He just lays down. And then, then they cut backstage and he's just laying on a bench going, uh, you know, just yeah. holding his neck. And I was like, oh well, yeah, you know, eat that sliding Yeah. You're not getting up. Yeah. You're done, man.
1: Yeah. He, he, you know, he's a young guy that they have who um, he's good.
3: He's got some good talent.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just like a lot of guys in these smaller promotions, they struggle with charisma, but, um, You know, the work on this show top to bottom was very good.
3: Uh, I came away with that same team too. Like, everybody was, everybody worked pretty snug, pretty stiff. Uh, Everybody looked okay for the most part. I would say the Semi Man event was probably the one match I didn't really love. Um, uh, Match, uh, the guys were a little too shindy looking and didn't. But Yeah, 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 otherwise, up and down the card, I was like, yeah, all these guys have. Some modicum of talent, like these the, the, nobody is bad, everyone's got something, but yeah, they're just all lacking. they kind of all look the same, a lot of the guys look the same, they kind of all have like similar haircuts or whatever, but their work is is good. it's just a matter of like yeah you just need these guys to to find something that makes them stand out and, and and too many of them don't stand out, which is and that's that's why they're on you know in zero one and not in a bigger company but
1: yeah, there were some deep indie wrestlers in the semi. Tag,
3: yeah, I thought that, that. sounded kind of stunk. Yeah, those I, I know why those guys are deep indie dudes, so
1: um, and then Sekamoto versus uh Yoshiki Inamura from Noah was the final of the Fire Festival, and this was two meaty guys doing meaty guy things. I went notebook on it four and a quarter. Um, Sekamoto wins, but uh, yeah, they look this was uh. Sekimoto is a guy who I have accused of 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 sort of uh, being on the back end and and declining, and I, I still believe that. But he channeled his old self here, and I, I thought this was a really great match.
3: I'm with you too. Yeah, I know uh, Gerard, who uh, co host of the Emerald Flow Show on the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network, uh, said this might be his new match of the year, and I didn't. I didn't go that high, but I also I liked it too. I went four and a quarter. Uh, you know thought, what,
1: though? I can see where he's coming
3: from. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And the crowd was going nuts, especially when you're just starving for Japanese wrestling where a crowd makes noise. These guys go out here, the bell rings, and then they just, they're, they're beef boys that just beef for like 20 minutes. They just slap and kick and punch the fuck out of each other for 20 minutes while a crowd finally is able to just cheer for these guys and cheer for every big spot and cheer for every kick out and cheer for every move. I got it. It was, it was a cathartic match to watch because it was like, yes. We're back. We're maybe in, you know, and, and like you said, too, one thing that I liked about it is just no bullshit. A type of match like this, you used to be able to see this. Japanese wrestling used to be filled with these types of matches. Yeah. Where when we started doing the show, I could just watch Noah or Zero One or All Japan or, or a lot of times New Japan, too. And just like the bell would ring and two guys would just beat the ever living shit out of each other for 10 to 15 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever. And it was great. And it was good. Less and less of those matches happen these days in, in, in Japan. There's a lot of other things going on. Uh, the wrestler types have obviously changed and adapted and moved and whatever. So it was nice to just click this file. And for 20 minutes, just two big beef boys just hitting the fuck out of each other for 20 minutes. It rocked. It was really, really good.
1: Yeah. I mean, Sekamoto, Okabayashi, Yuji Hino was a guy like that. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And then some of them have declined lately, like Suji Ishikawa is not the same wrestler that he was. Uh, Kohei Sato is not the same wrestler that he was. So some of these guys who used to work this style, uh, you know, have completely fallen off the table, like Kohei Sato and Suji Ishikawa. They, they're, they're just, they're done. And then, you know, guys like Sekimoto have shown some decline. I haven't seen a Yuji Hino match in probably a year or
3: two. Oh, yeah. I think he, Fuck, yeah. What, what, well, what? I
1: think he works, well, the problem is I think he works mostly for DDT, and I don't watch DDT. So I think mm, that's... No so I, I think that's the thing with him, but, um, but yeah, no, these matches used to be, it seemingly anyway, were more prevalent in, uh, you know, a half a decade ago. But yeah, very enjoyable and, um, you know, Sakamoto wins and uh, I don't know what he's got going on in, in, in big Japan these days. I, I did watch the Sakamoto Okobayashi match from a, from a month or two ago and they channeled their old selves for that one. But um, I haven't paid attention to Big Japan since the beginning of the pandemic when we were doing it every week. So, because it's just such a depressing promotion to pay attention to. So it was good to see Sakamoto kind of maybe have one of his final great matches. Who knows? You know. But um, no enjoyable show from top to bottom. And I guess we'll see zero one again on January
3: first. I <laughs> was gonna say I'd like to see more zero one, uh, but I won't. So I will see them again on uh, yeah on January first. Watch that show as usual. So. Um, I'd like more to make tape, but more is not going to make tape. So I'm wishing for yeah. something that's never going to happen. So, all right. Uh, two American topics to close us out here real quick. Uh, first off, Impact Wrestling is going to be in Chicago this weekend. Actually, Cicero, you know, Cicero, Joe, you're well aware of Cicero, Illinois. Close enough to Chicago, right on the border there, right on the edge. Uh, Emergence is going to be on Friday. That is available on voicesofwrestling.com slash fight. Uh, if you want to watch the pay-per-view, I will be there live for that show. Uh, Your main event, Josh Alexander versus Alex Shelley for the Impact World Title. Uh, Impact Knockouts World Title Match, Jordan Grace versus Mia Yim. X Division championship match. It's going to be either Trey. So, this may have happened as we're recording the show. So, I apologize. I haven't seen it, but Trey Miguel or Rocky Romero uh, will face Jack Evans, whoever wins the X Division title. Or I-, I think that match is happening sure. on Impact as we're recording this. So, I don't know. Uh, the big Honor No More versus Bullet Club match Steve Macklin versus Sammy Callahan, Bandito versus Ray Horus, Violent by Design versus Chris Sabin and Kushida, and then Taya Valkyrie and Rosemary versus VXT on the pre-show. But that's, uh, that's a pretty fun card. I'm looking forward to that. Bandito Ray Horus sounds great. Uh, Honor No More versus Bullet Club. I think that's been a really, really cool story, so I'm into that. And then uh, Alexander and Alex Shelley. Sounds fucking great to me, so I'm uh, excited to check out that show. Oh yeah, Well, you'll have to talk about it next week. I will. I might do a written review on the uh, on, on flagship as well. We'll see. Either I'll wait until they do the flagship review of the flagship on, on the next week's show, or, or possibly a written review. We'll see. Uh, what ends up happening with that one? They're also doing a uh, second city slam uh, on Saturday. I believe that is a mostly television taping, but uh six way elimination match Rich Swan, Sam McAllen, Moose, Eddie Edwards, Steve Macklin, Bandito, uh, Ray Horos, Black Toros, uh, Laredo Kid, Trey Miguel in a four way match. Uh, VXT versus Jordan Grace and Mia Yim, Mike Bennett versus Carl Anderson, Killer Kelly versus Savannah Evans, Kenny King versus Heath, and the Motor City Time Splitters, Kushida and the Motor City Machine Guns versus violent by design so that uh, looks like a pretty fun weekend uh, for impact wrestling shows but uh, real excited to check out that emergence show which again will be available on fight uh, voices slash fight uh, if you are gonna order that show so then we will conclude with NWA Joe we are always an NWA podcast sometimes we're a zero one podcast sometimes we're a big Japan podcast we are always an NWA podcast and uh, there's some uh, juicy juicy quotes from our boy at Billy uh, he did an interview at fightful select Uh, Transcription I got from 411 Mania uh, here. It says, Billy Corbin on why another Empower show is unlikely. So NWA Empower obviously uh, bookended the NWA 73rd anniversary show. It was the all-women's show uh, they did last year. Uh, Here's what Billy had to say about that. Quote, I love that stuff. Unfortunately, not everybody loved it as much. I get it. Mm -hmm. It's a business, always, about leverage, whether it's a talent, whether it's a company, and people like to throw their elbows around depending on what's happening. That's totally fine. That part doesn't bother me. I just am not in a position of going and begging, and certainly there have been times in the past couple years where people put me in a position of begging. Juicy, juicy, juicy! So
1: a couple takeaways there. The question was, why aren't you doing the all women's in power show? And he says, I love it, but a lot of people don't love it as much. That certainly implies that they weren't thrilled with the business that it did last year. Um, I have more on that, but we're going to finish the quotes first. The second part of that is uh, he feels like he's been bullied in some um, uh, business uh, situations uh, in regards to that show last year and I guess the next quote
3: I was gonna say, clarifies if you're, if, you're, if you're questioning who he's talking about, I think you're gonna I think you're gonna be able to figure it out here. Listen in. <laughs> with this next quote. So uh, Billy Corgan on working with other wrestling promotions, not wanting to throw his weight around. I'm okay, quote, I'm gonna to try to say this without sounding like I'm cutting a promo, but when I'm the most famous person in the room, it's a little of funny that I'm supposed to grovel. I don't like that, because I'm not a person who throws my weight around. I don't necessarily need people to throw their weight around with me. I would like to think of us as partners in a particular moment until we find a good partnership. So when I feel that people have been good partners, like Scott Damore, who's been a good partner recently, I love it. I'm more than happy to bend over backwards to try to get Scott what he would need from our end of the street, and hopefully he can do the same. Unfortunately, that's not always been the case with everybody, and that's totally fine. Again, I don't have a problem with adversity, but it does get a little weird sometimes when it's just a who-got-the-bigger-dog-on-the-block type stuff. I just don't see the business that way, I think, ultimately... You want to make the best show for the fans.
1: So he references at the end who has the bigger dog on the block. Doesn't mention the person by name who he's had problems with. Now, if you've paid attention to anything Tony Khan has had to say, he has not been shy about saying that he, you know, took on some of the financial responsibility for the Empower show. He's flat out said that show wouldn't have happened without him. Right, That's right. you know, he stopped, has said that. Stopped
3: a press conference or stopped a uh, I think it was a post show, right? Or was it a post show no, it was a pre it was one of those pre-show was, scrums, right?
1: Yeah, it was a media call before a show and somebody questioned the women's booking again. And he went on this big rant and part of the rant was, you know, that Empower Show NWA did wouldn't even have happened without right. me. I,
3: I'm, I'm the one I did it, yeah.
1: Put the bill and all this other paid for some of the talent. Because a lot of his talent worked that show, so he has said directly that he has took on some of the financial, you know, that show sure wouldn't happen without his financial backing or him paying his own talent, whatever he meant by that. And it's very clear that Corrigan is referring to Tony Khan. Yes,
3: if, if you want to read between the lines, there, Tony Khan is the. He's saying, when I have good partners, like Scott Demore, as he points out, you know, like Scott Demore. Scott's good. Scott's great. I love Scott. Scott's great. Doesn't mention the other names. Yeah, he's talking about Tony Khan there. So
1: He's saying that Khan throws his weight around in the negotiations because AEW has the high ground. They're the bigger dog.
3: And and Billy brings up a great point that, like, you know, I'm the most famous person in the room. It's like, you know.
1: It's hard for me to get bossed. Right. Right. He's like, I'm
3: fucking Billy Corrigan. Like, you're not going to boss me around, man. I mean, and, and maybe he did that one time, but it does sound like Billy... Uh, not in a position to be bossed around uh, another time. So
1: that's also such a Corgan ego quote. <laughs> right. I'm the most famous guy in the room. Yeah, I'm not. Gonna, you know,
3: I'm gonna try to say this without sounding like I'm cutting a promo. Yeah. But when I'm the most famous person in the room, it's a little funny.
1: You don't see me bullying people, even though I'm super famous and I'm Billy Corgan. Like that's such a Corgan thing to say. It's so a This is just pro wrestling, man. It's pro wrestling. now
3: he's a pro wrestling promoter, so of course he would. He'd. He'd. You know.
1: But what's coming out of this is obviously the women's wrestling crowd is upset because there's not going to be an Empower show. But straight up, the guy said that people—he said it wasn't support. What was the first part of the? Yeah, first I love that again?
3: stuff. Unfortunately, not everybody loved it as much. I get yeah, it. Yeah, it's he's, all he's it's a business, always you. about leverage. Whether it's a talent, whether it's a company, whether it's been, then yeah, it gets yeah, into yeah,
1: the yeah, other yeah, stuff. Yeah, right, right. But what he's saying is people didn't support the show. Right, and it was reported at the time by the observer that the show did 3,500 pay-per-view buys. Okay. So I did a little work today and did some math. That's roughly. um, So if you do, and people can do this with me, if you do 3,500 pay-per-view buys, and I believe the show was 25 bucks, that's $87,500. You do, let's do a 50% split. Right. So that's usually the standard, right? So $87,500 divided by two. This is all back of the envelope math, but that gives us $43,750. So let's work with a $44,000 gross on the pay per view. Okay. Sounds like a lot, right, Rich? $44,000 yeah. Yeah, gross. Pretty good. Here's the thing. Not bad. <laughs> right. But I looked at the Empower show, which you remember was a back to back. It was actually a triple header. It was Empower. It was the anniversary pay-per-view. And then it was a television. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Empower show used 23 wrestlers that weren't used on the anniversary show. So in other words, in order to do the Empower pay-per-view, you have to book women's talent. NWA doesn't have a roster of 50 women. Okay. So they had to bring in 23 distinct talents that did not work. The anniversary show the next night. There were eight or nine other people who worked both shows, but those are NWA wrestlers, so we're not going to count them because you're booking them either way. Okay, so throw them out. But for the 23 women that had to be booked to book the Empower show, let's estimate on the low end that it's going to cost you a thousand dollars per woman when you consider airfare, any other kind of trans putting them up in a hotel yeah,
3: hotel, hotel trans yeah. and
1: then oh by the way you have to pay them to perform okay i think a thousand dollars is a low estimate you had international wrestling you had chick tormenta come in from mexico you had you know you you guys can go look at the card but let's just for the sake of the math say it's gonna cost you a thousand dollars for each of the 23 women that you're booking to put together this show that's twenty three thousand dollars uh it, it, on the low end. So you take the $44,000 gross, you subtract the $23,000, and we're left with $21,000. Okay, so far that's our net. Again, Rich, probably sounds good, right? Probably sounds like a nice chunk of change to bring in $21,000. Not so fast. You think Mickey James put this show together and produced it and booked it for free?
3: Out of the, out of the kindness of her heart, I'm sure.
1: Okay, so you got to pay Mickey James. Yep. I, 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 you got to put her in a hotel. You got okay. Uh, Whatever you okay. Do you think that Gail Kim, Jazz Medusa, and Lufisto, who Mickey James brought in to help produce the show, worked for free?
3: Probably not.
1: Did they need hotel rooms? Uh, Probably. Did they need trans? Probably. Did two of those women appear on camera and probably wanted to be paid as performers? Of course. So. You know, so now our twenty-one thousand dollars, which we estimated low on the cost of the twenty-three talents that you have to bring in to run this show, now we have five high-priced people because I'm sure they didn't work cheap either. Okay, uh, I don't know. Let's, but again, let's keep the estimate low. Let's say you were able to get each of those five women, including Mickey James, who put the show together, for a thousand dollars each, which is preposterous. When you consider the air, the airfare alone was probably $1,000 for each of these people. But let's just say that you can get all five of them for $1,000 each, including airfare and hotel. Now that's $5,000 more off of your net. Now we're down to $16,000. The show used all female referees to, to complete the gimmick. You have to pay those people. You have to fly them in. You have to uh, give them airfare, uh, uh, hotel rooms. And everything else. So very quickly, and, as you, and and these were low estimates, Rich. It's very easy to see, uh, let's take off for the referees. Let's just take off $1,000 total for the refs. Now we're down to $15,000. And in reality, we know it's way less than that. Because there's no way that you got Gail Kim, Jazz, Medusa, Lufisto, and Mickey James to work this show for $1,000 each, including trans and hotel. Okay, so realistically, but again, I'm estimating, I'm giving every single benefit of the doubt and we're down to fifteen thousand dollars. Okay, this year. So hold that number in your head. Fifteen thousand. Let's say Billy made fifteen thousand dollars
2: on the show.
1: And we know he didn't because we know that Tony Khan paid for his own wrestlers because Billy couldn't afford to put the show on. But forget all that. Billy made 15000 in this fantasy world that we're, that we're participating in here, okay? Now, this year, instead of doing an Empower show, he's doing back-to-back anniversary shows, all right? Why? Because it's going to be his crew on both shows. You don't have to pay for 23 more plane tickets. You don't have to pay for 23 more hotel rooms. You don't have to pay 23 more people to work. He's got a lot of these people under contract, first of all. And they just work the shows because it's part of their deals. The others are working per date. But you're getting the same people to work both shows. It's much cheaper than right, bringing in right, a whole right. new crew of 23,000 people. Now, let's just say that Empower was the 3,500 buys was an incredible number. And you're probably, but Joe, these that second anniversary show isn't going to do 3,500 buys. Well, How many do you think it'll do? What's a fair number, Rich? Is 1,500 a fair number if Empowered did 3,500? <sighs> you tell me what a fair number is. Yeah. Tell me what a thousand. What do you want me to do? Mm. So let's say that you think the second anniversary show, let's split the difference between 1,000 and 15. Let's say 1,250. Times $25. That's a $31,250 gross. Divided by two, it's $15,625. The same amount of money that (laughs) we're pretending they made on Empower, but we know they didn't make anything on Empower. So can people now understand why they're not doing Empower again? They could just do two anniversary shows with their existing crew, even if it does half the pay-per-view buys, and make the same amount of money. More money, realistically, because I was being generous on the Empower estimates, and we know that show didn't make money because Tony Khan had to pay for half it. Yeah, Tony
3: it. Khan said he had to pay half of it, and Billy just told you it didn't make money.
1: So when you see these people out there tweeting that Billy Corgan doesn't care about women's wrestling and nobody gives women's wrestling a fair shot, here's what you need to tweet back. Next time, buy the fucking pay-per-view. Because if people would have supported it last year, yeah. And, 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 would,
3: and as you estimated right there, it wouldn't take that many more to get them in the in 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 a into good the black. spot. Another, you know, 5,000 to 10,000 buys. It's pretty damn good. That's a lot of money <laughs> coming your way. So yeah.
1: even if they just doubled and did 7,000 buys, they probably could have broken even on it, right? But let's be realistic here. We know they didn't make $15,000. I was being generous. But I know they can make 15000 if they sell 1,000 of their uh, – they sell 1,000 pay- – and here's the other thing. Those 35 – okay, now here's some mitigating factors too. On those 3,500 pay-per-view buys, Rich, how many of those were part of the bundle for both shows? Right, right, right. That cuts into the gross too. But again, I was, I was giving every benefit of the doubt when I sat down and did this math, okay? I didn't account for any bundle buys, and you know there were bundle buys. Give me a break. There was probably a ton of bundle. Half of those buys were probably bundle buys, right? I didn't account for extremely low estimates to get those twenty-three people flown in, put up in hotels, and booked. I think a thousand's cheap. I didn't account for. I count. I accounted way low for Mickey James and the four producers she brought in, and and Gail Kim and Medusa appeared on camera. All right. So I accounted low for that. I didn't get, you know, the referees. Who knows? So, and 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 just by Tony Khan telling you that that the show wouldn't happen without him tells you that they knew it was a money loser. So, but even giving very charitable estimates, it's much more advantageous from a business perspective to just run two shows with his own crew. From a money standpoint, I just did the math. Okay. You want to call me sexist or fucking, you know, say that I'm... Just, but listen, I just did the math. The, the numbers don't lie, as Scott Steiner once said. Okay? That's why they're not doing power again. And I have something... And it's the same reason WWE didn't do their all-women's pay-per-view Yeah, that's again. weird
3: how huh? that never came back. You, and it's huh? the
1: same reason why Impact did a couple of them on fucking, uh, you know, those weird Joker's Wild, those little mini... And then never did it on a the mainstream. These These... Militant women's wrestling fans buy the fucking shows if yeah, you tell want your more friends, of to. Happen.
3: Everybody buy the shows, everybody tell their friends, and then maybe they will exist. But yeah, they're not going to exist if they don't make money. At the end of the day, it's a, it's a business that, yes, it's Billy Corgan and he's got a lot of money, but he doesn't want to do this thing just to lose money. That's not the goal. Tony Khan has a lot of money, but he's not doing this thing to lose money. The, the people want to make money, and booking wrestling is hard. It is very difficult, as we're finding out. Uh, it's <laughs> for some people think they could book wrestling and think they could just, you know, one day just got there and book a wrestling show. Not that easy. A lot of stuff goes into it. A lot of payments go into it. You're going to probably lose a lot of money unless you're very, very careful and very, very smart about what you're doing. And, uh, yeah, for these guys, uh, clearly it's not worth losing money for. There's a lot of work that has to go into this thing to, to, to break almost even or, or break close to even, or, or maybe even go in the red. Just not worth it. So, yeah, I mean, it sucks because it was a cool show, and I liked what they did about it. But as he said right there, I love that stuff. Unfortunately, not everybody loved it as much. We it's positively a business. Re- we, it's positively
1: a business. Re- we positively reviewed it. We oh, thought yeah, it was better it. It was than great the stuff. anniversary show. It was better than the the mixed gender show. Oh, absolutely. Oh, show. certainly. I mean, we've got that on tape. But, you know, even if it did make the 15000 they could make that 15000 uh and then some on less buys if they just use their own crew. It's a no-brainer to just use your own crew two nights in a row instead of doing that again. And here's the other thing: it would do less buys this year because it wouldn't be the novelty that it was the year before. That's the other thing too. So uh, you can get on Corgan's case, and you know, but you know, it, it's not your money. I mean, I <laughs> right, sat down. Exactly right. I mean, I sat down and did the math with an open mind. I'm like, all right, let's see. And it's, it became very obvious. Oh, this shit didn't make a dime. Even though Tony Khan told us it didn't, I mean, and who knows what Khan is spinning in his. Day. There's obviously a fractured relationship there. They haven't worked together in a while, and maybe Khan's putting his own little spin. But I don't think Tony Khan stood there and lied to the media when he said he, he had to pay the wrestlers. And I think I assume he meant his own. But who knows? Maybe yeah, it, maybe Ronald.
3: maybe Billy said, "Hey, um, I need X to even get you know." Yeah, who knows? I, I, it's hard to say. I, you know,
1: I haven't asked anyone or anything i just sat down and did the old back of the envelope math i hate that phrase but terrible
3: phrase <laughs> awful phrase but uh, i
1: mean you know so anyway that's kind of the deal there and and when you look at it from that standpoint you know i mean they gave it a go and it didn't make any money what are you gonna do but so back to back now we'll, we'll preview that i think
3: I can't next believe that's week. coming up already. I, I it feel, that show does not feel like it was a year ago, but uh, it was a year ago. Yeah, NWA seventy fourth coming up uh, end of August. I want to say what's the exact date? I think we have one more week until uh, August twenty seventh is when that show is. So we got we got we got we got a week to to wait. So
1: yeah, we'll talk about it next week and then, or maybe even the week after. Yeah, I was gonna say what? we could do it the week after for sure. Yeah, the preview and then.
3: Oh, I scrolled down and I saw Bully Ray versus Mike Knox. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> my heart stops. Oh, good God. Yeah. Uh, maybe we will. Well, no, we have to. It's NWA. We I have mean, to.
1: I, believe Ooh. me, I wish they were doing Empower again. Believe me. But
3: <laughs> Jesus Christ, I would take anything. <laughs> hey, but you know what? Don't blame me. I bought it. I bought it, too. I, you can look at my fight receipts. I bought that shit.
1: I'm a fucking season
3: pass subscriber. Yeah, yeah Don't me. you bought everything at WA, Yeah,
1: <laughs> so it ain't my fault. But uh, anyway, that's why they're not doing in power. Yeah, there's uh, some there's some facts and
3: figures for yeah, people. Face the facts, as uh, Brian Myers yeah. would say. Yeah, a lot of these people, uh, a lot of people sit on Twitter and share gifts and share share likes and stuff, but that doesn't uh, put, doesn't put money in people's pockets. So you got to buy these shows. Got to buy this stuff uh, if you want these things to survive. So there you go. And that has been The Flagship, which, by the way, FlagshipPatreon.com. Put some money in our pockets if you can. FlagshipPatreon.com, $5, $10 tiers. All right, Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network, uh, make sure you subscribe to that as well. I've started to put links in all of these uh, podcasts so you are aware of where to subscribe to these, the Flagship feed and the VOW uh, Podcast Network feed uh, on every major podcast app. I have links uh, now in the show notes also. Uh, yeah, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us. Make sure you subscribe, both the Flagship feed and the Voice of Wrestling Network uh, feed, because there's great stuff on the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network feed. And, of course, you love the Flagship because you listen to this right now. And tell your friends, by the way, and review and do all the other good stuff. Let more people listen to the Flagship. That'd be good for us. Joe's Joe wants to get up on those rankings, and God damn it, I'd want to, too. So let's get on those rankings, get better so that our enemies can lose yet again. So uh, that is it for us. Uh, that is Joe. I'm Rich. We will talk to you next time on the Flagship Podcast. Take care.